All right, guys, before you watch this episode, if you've not listened to my episode with Peter Stockdale on his podcast, Lava Farm, uh, don't even bother watching this until you've listened to that. Peter's the man. He's been with me since the fucking beginning, and we always have a great time. So uh, give his show a shot before you watch this. Um, or I'm going to bitch slap you like Will Smith. If you're looking for a solid team of people to get you started with your next gig or event, head over to Stutterbox Productions for all of your needs, from merch to bookings. Check out their Facebook page today. This is the Macau Stars podcast. We've, <laughs> we've just done, this is it's basically started, but we're here. Pierce Stockdale, Audible Farm. What's up, guys? Um, also member of Three Finger Betty, and you still part of Unity? Uh, Unity has dissolved. That is okay. done for uh, at least um, for what I know. Um, it's but, not going anymore. But I do play <laughs> like with Jesse Wilson. Uh, he's like a country. I guess you could call him a country singer. I don't know what else you would call him, but like his live shows, he he'll like do hip hop and rock and all sorts of things in there. So, like I don't know, he's done like Vanilla Ice, or he'll do songs by like Black Street, and it's just like okay, like rock and roll. Well, he's done like a Little John song, like he's done that before. So like, <laughs> you never know what he's gonna play, and that's one of the you know reasons it makes it so fun to play with him. Yeah, that name sounds familiar. I feel like I recognize Jesse Wilson. You know, I, I want to say this off the bat: like you are truly like one of my favorite podcast in iowa like you're doing some great shit man uh i feel like you and i you know do a lot of very similar things where you know i i am trying to branch out but i tend to do a lot of hip-hop artists and you always tend to do not always but you tend to do a lot of uh you know guitarists rock artists that kind of thing mm-hmm. so i really love what you're doing man it's fucking I awesome appreciate it yeah yeah i mean there's not too many people that are doing what we do on at least like a semi-consistent basis yeah exactly which i mean there are other iowa music podcasts out there unfortunately the iowa music podcast is not not around anymore uh mike schulte was doing that one that one's that's done for he's got another one that he's doing yeah well he's one of my favorites uh, well all of them confused breakfast yeah like, they're doing some crazy shit they, they're killing it and like they're actually like have numbers they were mentioned on the fucking uh was it two bears, two one, bears cave? one cave yeah they got a shout out from burt kreischer that uh, from uh, from brent crystals yeah, and um, I just I went to their YouTube and they got 100k. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's legit. I mean, they, yeah, they do a real. lot of stuff, and Mike's always been good at that stuff, like social media, which is something I feel like any of us. I mean, a lot of people that listen to this, I'm assuming, are like mine. They're entertainers, but like, mm-hmm. you got to work on your social media. And I, for a while, like, really, really dove into it really hard, and it just it burns you out. You got to schedule things out and and get it done right, but. They do a yeah. lot of stuff. They do a lot of social media, a lot of clips, a lot of things like that, you know, so. Yeah, that is an area where they are, I feel like, one of the best. They really have that nailed down. Well, they have the advantage with, like, talking about movies all the time. They can always, like, make unique clips of that whole yep, thing. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, or, like, mash up things that, like, mm-hmm. those are some of my favorite clips. Like, bet you didn't remember when this guy was in that movie, and they'll put, like, you know, whatever, like, a, a scene from Top Gear and, like, mix it in with... Uh, or one from Top Gun and mix it in with something like um, like Matilda or whatever. I don't know whatever they're talking about for the week, but yeah. yeah. They always have like weird mixes too. Like they were having like the, I, they were talking about the, I didn't actually listen to the episode, but they were talking about the Matrix and like how there's like a fan theory with Star Wars. They just go off on these like, you know, tangents. It's interesting. It is pretty wild. Um, for a while when I would like, 
I go in spurts with like movies and TV shows and watching mm. stuff. So like sometimes I'll watch stuff and I'll get like super deep into it. And people will have these like crazy fan theories. Like I watched King of the Hill recently, like start to finish, and I was just like, "Wow, what are some what are some fan theories on King of the Hill?" And it's just like the stuff that's like absolutely insane that's in there that you're like, "Okay, you know, like so and so is actually so and so's father, and yet you know, a yada yada yada." <laughs> it's like, "Okay, this is wild." So I don't know, but it's really fun to like think about those kind of theories and like whether or not they might be real, or like what universes like shows take place in, like NBC mm -hmm. in the '90s was really famous for crossing over a lot of their sitcoms, you know. So some of them like supposedly took place in the same universe or whatever. So I mean, there's infinite angles you could take with like what those guys are doing. So you know, hats off to them for like picking a good topic. Yeah, for real. How long is fucking uh, King of the Hill? How many seasons is that? Oh, like nine, maybe. Jesus, you know, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot, and it's kind of weird. Like, uh, I I don't know. I got really into it because it's it's honestly like a really good show. But like mm -hmm. one of the reasons I started watching it was because people kept sending me the memes, and I'm like, I don't I don't get the reference. <laughs> like, it's a funny joke because I can see what's going on, but I don't understand the reference, you know, or whatever. So I started watching it. And like one of the ones that goes around is like the greatest joke that's ever been told on or ever been shown on television was in Hank Hill was trying to use WD-40 on something and he couldn't get the cap off. So he got a smaller can of WD-40 out of his other pocket and greased the cap so he could get the cap off the bigger WD-40 to use. And it's like, that's hilarious. You know, there's a lot of stuff like that that's hidden in the show that you don't notice because there's no laugh tracks in it. So, yeah. You know. I do kind of like that. Yeah. Um, you know. My mother would say this. And I almost kind of agree with her. There's almost something about like lack of laughter, like The Office or you know, like King of the Hill that like gives it like an extra laugh effect. Because mm -hmm. there's something about like cued laughs that like feels very fake. Yeah, yeah. I know? mean, you obviously are supposed to laugh at certain things, um, but it kind of feels like you said it feels forced when it's like not a live studio audience and it's canned laughter. You know, that kind of mm -hmm. kind of does bother me. But like the. I feel like a lot of the stuff where they don't put laugh tracks up, it's more dry humor. So you have to figure out why it's funny or it's like cringe funny or like, um, uh, one of my favorite movies for humor like that is spinal tap. So like you could watch it through like all the way through start to finish and then you don't realize that there's like a joke in this one scene that you don't <laughs> notice it until like the second time through, you know? So, I mean, I mean, everybody loves spinal tap, but yeah, you know, I, I couldn't get into it actually. It's super dry. Like it's <laughs> like, like it's super dry. Like I remember watching it when, as a teenager and just being like, everybody loves this movie. I have to love it. And just watching it. Just being like, I, <laughs> Disappointed. I yeah. Yeah. I watched it. I know all the stuff that happens, but then when I rewatched it, you know, in my twenties, I was like, Oh, like there's a scene where they're all talking and like three of the band members all have cold sores and like nobody draws any attention to it. It's like a two minute scene. And like that's it they're like at a party somewhere like after a show and it's like oh why would all three dudes have cold sores it's like oh you know you kind of start to like connect the dots in your head as to why like three band members might have cold sores you know and then you're like okay hilarious hilarious but it's like nobody says anything about it it's just like in a scene and gone like just like that you know yeah and so those are the kind of things when you watch it the second time you're like i didn't notice that the first time or the fifth time it wasn't until like the tenth time i saw that i was like holy cow that's hilarious you know that's funny I, yeah i get yeah i don't know there was a <laughs> we're gonna turn this into the confused breakfast talking about movies and stuff you <laughs> I know, know but <laughs> <laughs> i don't know there's another fun line in there this is for like everybody because we're all performers we've all played live and stuff like that but there's one of the lines in there like the, the opening band was so bad they're still booing them while we were on stage playing and it's like clearly if they were booing while you were on stage playing it's because of you you know it's not because <laughs> the opening band was bad like <laughs> so yeah 
Damn. I don't know. I'll have to give it a rewatch. I there are movies that I know are great, and then I'm just in a moment and I just can't get into it. Like Schindler's List. Oh, like yeah. I know that's supposed to be like a fantastic movie, but every time I've like the two times I've tried to watch, I'm like, yeah, I can't get into it. How do you get? How do you prepare yourself to get super depressed? And that's like, <laughs> you know, like. That's <laughs> that's a good point. That's how I feel about it, though. Like I feel that way about a lot of dramas and stuff. And it's just like, man, my life is—I've tailored my life to deleting as much drama out of it as I can, to the point where I don't like even talking about it. But then, like when some happens, I just like—I have a meltdown mentally. I'm like, I can't deal with this. Like, you know, like rom coms and stuff like that. It's just like manufactured drama. And I'm just like, these two just need to get together and and laugh and and have fun because that's what the like life is supposed to be about. That's like why, why all I listen to is like comedy podcasts. That's why all I talk you know sitcoms is all i watch that's all i want to talk about is seinfeld like <laughs> i uh i envy that <laughs> no uh, i i don't know maybe it's just like the the film critic in me but i've always like i've always been drawn to like dramas and shit like uh i was watching there will be blood over over the holidays you know like that's a fucking fantastic movie like i don't know there's something about like like and it's not even like necessarily dramas like i feel like a great film has elements of all genres yes you know, a true masterpiece of a film like even like you know great horror films have like there you know there's like a what's the term like um like like the b style horror the campiness yes. campiness of horror you know there's like a comedic element to horror mm-hmm. that you know in all the great horror films there's at least some element to even in the darkest because you know the beauty about horror films is you need like some comedic element to like relieve the audience mm-hmm. if you have just like a whole you know an hour and a half of just like people getting their heads chopped off and just do 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 after another people are gonna get bored they're just gonna be like whatever yep. you know you need to be able to be, bring people back it needs to be a swerve of some sort i like yeah. to, like uh when you're th- when you're talking about that uh, like the first movie that came to my mind for some reason maybe it's because i watched it kind of recently but uh fargo so like, that's a great fucking movie. So that oh, movie's I love like that. that movie's super dark in places. It's like a drama for most of the movie. The mm-hmm. whole thing is like, but it's taking place in northern Minnesota. So everybody talking like this, you know, they got that like super <laughs> Minnesota draw, like don't you know, and all that other stuff. And well, now you know, and yeah, saying all those common phrases. So like, there's that, but there's also like comedy stuff because Steve Buscemi's in it, you know. And, yeah, well, and and all their well not all their movies but that movie specifically is just like absurd you know the last half hour just goes off the rails like when he's like you know pushing his foot down the wood chipper you can't help but laugh you're like what the hell is going on what has happened to this yeah or like the i don't know like there's like a recurring thing in there where they keep referring to steve buscemi as like a a weird looking fellow oh yeah what kind of weird i don't know just kind of like generally weird looking you know like he does look like a crackhead or something, you know. He's got like fucking shrunken in eyes and just like, yeah, man. <laughs> I heard recently on a podcast that he was like, somebody like maybe an agent or something was like, you could get a lot of work if you like fix your teeth and kind of like you know stuff. And he was just like, no, because I'm getting a lot of work without it. And I like the people I'm playing, they have yeah. to look like this, you know, which you know is a testament to, you know, in Hollywood they have to have people that look like everybody because you know they can't exactly. Have just, everybody everybody can't be like a chiseled six foot three guy you know or like your typical you know whatever model girl or whatever so like you gotta have people of all sorts of you know ilks in there you know? yeah exactly you gotta have your christian bale you yeah. know that can like change you know shapeshift essentially yeah i mean that's honestly what that's, that's what life's all about man variety <laughs> you know so don't stop being you just go on just be a jack of all trades yeah know? um so 
I don't know if we talked if I was this was when I was talking to Three Finger Betty or I heard this on a podcast, but like you were you're basically like busy every weekend, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So like I played like last year I played I think I played seventy eight shows. That is insane. I don't know anyone that's doing that. Yeah, that was that was between <laughs> three different bands. So like I played probably like ten or so, maybe with Three Finger Betty, maybe, you know, give or take a few. Oh and wow. and then I played like 60 with jesse wilson you know uh i mean like i played a lot of shows with him and that's the crazy part about that was he played shows i couldn't make it to he also played like solo gigs and stuff so i don't know how many shows he played last year like he'd probably be pushing 100 so so where are you like where are you all going are you going to the same place or are you just like scattered like going different places everywhere uh jesse and i last year man we played a lot of different places so um the farthest away i think we played was iowa city we played there a few times uh mm. otherwise we played in like stratford's got like we played in a lot of like smaller town bars you know but uh yeah but they're like are you know around obviously like you know the des moines area has got like a lot to offer but these small town bars are you know everybody from all the other small towns comes to this small town to hang out at certain bars to watch music or whatever you know so we've found a few of those types of places and, and like stratford would be one of them they've got a place there mm. called the copperhead and that's you know one of those types of deals but fort dodge we play a lot of shows but he i mean like he books private shows or just like we've played in towns that have like 150 people in them but like the bar is absolutely packed and like you go outside and it's like every license plate's from a different county like this is wild you know so that i've i've like found a, a different scene out there there's a bunch of that kind of going on too you know and i played like rag i've played by like the mm. lakes and things like that so i've got a lot of really fun opportunities with them to play a lot of cool shows like i opened up for the pork tornadoes at a show once this year so oh that's fun. i mean you know check something cool off the bucket list there fuck yeah but yeah it's it's pretty neat like i got to be in a music video with them this year as well um so wow how was that what was how was that experience like it was pretty fun like uh he, a lot of the music video is them it's uh, the song's called river road so it's like a lot of them around like a river you know or or things like that nature so um there was a portion in it where he wanted to have a, him playing with a band on a stage so he found like an abandoned um uh like theater from like an old school and he found out who owned it and what they were doing with it and he got the ability to use it so we were like in some abandoned old school and we cut a music video and so that was like another fun one where like Every time Jesse records a song, he kind of brings me in to just play like a filler set of solos, uh, mm. for, you know, just kind of get the scratch track laid down or whatever before he brings in like studio musicians from around the state to kind of fill in the different parts because that's kind of like what he likes to do is collaborate with other people. So like I laid down a, a solo for that and he was like, this is actually pretty good. I might actually just keep this or whatever. And then somebody that he'd been waiting on for a while, like sent in a solo and it was like a bazillion times better than mine like it was just like i thought mine was good but this one fits so much better so he went with that one which is cool so i'm i'm in the music video emulating somebody else's solo which <laughs> that's funny it, it is pretty it is pretty fun because um at the time like the song wasn't even released so they're like you're gonna play this solo and i'm like sure how does it go and that was the first time i had heard it was at the music video taping so like i got to listen to the song like three times and it's like i have to try to emulate this solo and make it look like it's kind of close but through the power of um 
years of practice and kind of getting <laughs> close and editing on a computer <laughs> thank you um yeah funny. uh it looks pretty good so peter you're a fraud no i'm just kidding, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. of course i am uh, that's, yeah that's actually what it's all about no but it's really fun to be able to play you know play shows with him because uh, i got to experience a lot of really fun things this last year doing it you know and I, ironically i started playing like bass guitar with him originally and then i started playing electric guitar with him and he started he formed a full band this year we played a handful of shows so that's been really cool too damn so that's dunce man you know that's the thing about those small like i totally know what you're talking about like in a small town like how people will drive like 20 25 miles out there are those like clicky little things i can you know i can just imagine like how is that driving around do you listen to a lot of podcasts or do you just uh yeah that's like the ironic thing about it is i like i would say like literally 99 percent of the time listen to podcasts like there's very rarely an urge to listen to music and it's like now i'm at a place in my life where i listen to really weird music like one day i was just like i i'm gonna listen to some michael jackson and so i just popped on like three michael jackson albums in a row while i was driving somewhere i was like this dude hauled like no wonder everyone went nuts about him the dude was so good you know his music's crazy you know and like i'm finding myself as i grow to like not dislike as much music as i thought i disliked when i was younger because obviously you grow up and you have different opinions on things yeah so um like i put in some smashing pumpkins which were like never my favorite listen to like three <laughs> or four albums of theirs I'm like these guys were awesome like yeah. i should have i should have enjoyed a lot more music when i was younger that's like one of the <laughs> toughest realizations of getting older that i'm finding is like man when i was younger i thought i knew everything <laughs> i was so confident and i was such a like you know, I had my head up my ass pretty much most of the time. Yeah, it's probably good you didn't know all the music, you know, because I mean that's the, that's the thing you get to discover music in life. Like that's Outcast, very true. Like Outcast was one of like like the first songs I ever heard. Like not one of the first ones I ever heard, but like I grew up in a very like strict environment. Like mm-hmm. my parents, I I was literally just like hymnal music and like Christian rock. That was like all I was allowed to listen to. Yeah. And then like when I went to kindergarten on the radio, was playing Outcast, and so like in my adult life, I disco- rediscovered Outcast, and like had this have had this like connection to my childhood. It's been this really weird thing, and I fucking like I'll just pop on you know Miss Jackson and just watch him like put the wallpaper up. Yeah. Sorry, Miss Jackson. <laughs> you know, that kind of shit. Did you grow up with the internet? Like, how how young were you when you like hopped on the internet first time? Do you remember? Because like that's something I feel like is the biggest barrier. Well, I was born in '95. I think I feel like I probably around. I feel like around 9/11 I had internet. Yeah. You know, yep. I feel like yeah, at least by like eight or nine. I remember dial up. You know, mm-hmm. I remember being on the internet having the mom. You know, I have my mom fucking make a phone call. I was like, God damn it. You know? Yeah. You kicked me. Oh, I'm on MSN Messenger talking to all my friends. Come on, mom. <laughs> yeah. I remember I'd get in trouble all the time for like going online. Like, because they were like, you, you remember the early days of the internet? There was all the scare about like, you know, online predators, which I mean, it, it was definitely a, uh, you know, a thing that people should be educated about. But like, the, uh, you know, the amount of it versus like the reaction to it is probably very small. Yes. So, like, I feel like my parents just kind of were on that train of like, you can't do anything. Like, they got mad at me for like RuneScape, um, you know, like Facebook and shit. Like, just 
yeah, they were just so like anti that. Like my mom didn't want to get an Apple account because she didn't trust them with her credit card information. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, well. like I mean, you can you can be that way, but it's going to be tough to go with the <laughs> times. You know. Well, I've, now they've like developed, you okay. know, because I mean, it, it's like literally impossible now. If, like if you're trying to get by with like checks and cash, it's like I don't even know how you live. You know? <laughs> I can't believe I cannot believe that checks are actually still a thing that yeah. is accepted at a face to face transaction. Yeah, it's like it's way less legitimate than online transaction. I feel like you know because that's just encrypted. It has like a code, like a check is just a piece of paper. Yeah, it gets fraud all the time. Yeah, and I mean like you have the weird thing about a check is like like you have their information on the check, so like you can mm. use you can use it. You can catch, but like what if there's no money in there? Like it bounces and you don't get your money. You know, like depending on where it's cashed. If you try to electronically cash it, that's what's going to happen. So yeah. I don't know. It depends on what what's goes down. Like checks are just super weird. So I'm not I'm not big into checks. Yeah. You're a fuck crypto. Uh yeah, I mean a little bit. Like I, I bought into it before like the big crypto wah wah you know, like everybody mm. freaked out, you know, and like right around COVID time and started jumping on the crypto thing, so but I don't know. I, I, I won some on that end, but then like when everyone was going nuts with crypto I, I threw some money around and came out pretty flat, so Yeah. I don't know. I won some, lost some. It's not like a you know, it's one of those things I always like think about with like investing and things like that because I I like to do it in my free time because it's I think it's fun. Like I don't like gambling, but that's mm. that is pretty much gambling, you know. So, <laughs> but like, yeah, in a way, especially with something with nothing backing it like crypto. But like, you should just take your win and just call it a win, you know. Like, I bought into a bunch before everyone went nuts with it, and I was like, I'm ahead on everything, and now I'm like pretty you know pretty flat on everything. <laughs> You know, yeah, so. well, crypto is crashing right now. Yeah, uh, there are not to get into it, but there are like uh, I think like the Czech Republic and other uh, governments have like outlawed it. Yeah, so that's kind of the fear of crypto. Like it's it's the in theory it's this way to like you know people have for it to independently make money and like decentralize things, but like governments can come in and just be like, yo, you can't have this. You know, the U.S. or the you know U.S. government could like buy it all out. Yeah, and then like just. So yeah, crypto is super weird, like just in general, like what it is and how people value it and things like that. Like it's pretty much just a way to like guarantee that information gets transferred and nobody can mess with it. Like that's what it is. And you have an encryption type based thing that is going from one end to the next and you have to use computers in the middle to decrypt it and make sure that it went to where it was supposed to go hmm. and everything got there, etc. So like, these computers in the middle could be anybody. And that's where these people have these like computer banks where they're mining, physically mining crypto, where their computers are trying to generate the answer first. And if you do, you get like a coin and then these, like, what do you do with these coins? Well, I'm using money to like power a computer to do something. So there has to be some value to this coin that I've gotten, which yeah. is, which is an actual, like, that's a technically like a physical Bitcoin. That's like, you know, cause they got the coin from doing the actual work where like a lot of people that are trading, crypto or just trading the commodity of the crypto not actually trading the crypto itself but yeah i don't understand the mining part like i i understand like having like an online currency like that face value makes sense mm -hmm. because everything's going that way but like yeah the my i i mean this is probably just maybe it's my lack of understanding but yeah the mining thing doesn't make sense yeah. like with dollars there's you well that's kind of the that's kind of the argument though like you know it's like with the federal reserve and like the value of money like the gold standard is completely fucked like it's not bunny isn't even based on that it's like yeah. at the point where it's so inflated out of control it's not even really worth anything anymore 
like in, ter- in terms of like what it used to be like when we were like mining for gold and things had value and like, mm-hmm. you know there was still trade and that kind of things value is an interesting concept in and of itself though, exactly too, to like place on something you know you're finding a lot of that these days where like a lot of markets are super inflated i spend a lot of time like with like looking at the used gear market debating whether or not mm. i should buy and or sell certain things that i i may or not want and uh it's weird like the used gear market for everything is just outlandish like anything that's over 20 years old is retro and everything's worth a million dollars because it's ultra rare you know and i mean they're not really that rare but you're finding people that are like like there's certain guitars i i like but there's people that will like buy them and then part them out because the parts of them are worth more because people have they've bought one and it's missing parts and they want those parts on there now you know whether it be like knobs or certain things like tuners or something you know damn that's and, sad. And it's pretty pretty junko, but yeah, I, I don't know. This is, this is like a fun conversation because I don't know how we got back on this topic here. But, but You're on the McAllister hours, man. That's, that's what happens. That's how it happens, you know. I I don't know. Yeah, I, I do have a, like, a f- that's probably like my favorite and least favorite thing about like playing guitar is like liking gear and then trying to like find the right gear that you want to use at shows mm. like i kind of covered that in a recent podcast episode on on my podcast but like it's uh you know i don't know it's it's crazy it's it's weird to like find special deals on certain things that people don't know what they have and you show up and you're mm. like hey i'm just letting you know this is what it's worth like else you know if you're still willing to sell it you know and <laughs> trying to at least be a nice guy about it and it's fun because a lot of times like people are just like i don't care just take it and it's like okay you know so one time i brought in a guitar to the guitar center and it was worth less than ten dollars mm-hmm. oh my gosh <laughs> to them to them oh yeah i could see that being a thing but i was like no whatever yeah you know, like you might like i don't want to be like hey but like pawn shops and guitar shops are not what they used to be because there no. just aren't many of them so like it's tough to get a justifiable amount anywhere other than selling it firsthand so that's what a lot of people choose to do these days is just like put it on Facebook marketplace, you know, but it's kind of funny getting on there too. Cause you can see guitars that are literally like this guitar market value is literally like, is not over a hundred dollars. And someone mistakes it for some like a $400 guitar. Cause they look, a lot of them look really similar. So if you don't know mm. what you have or it's missing some of the certain badges to let you know what model it is, it's like, you know, this is a Epiphone Les Paul. And it's like, yeah, that could be anything, you know, there's $80 ones and there's, you know thousand dollar ones could be anything so like when you talk about like packages is that or patches sorry because I, I play guitar for several years myself like what like how's i mean you don't have to get into too specific but like like what are like the general things that you you know determine <clears throat> like what kind of specific specificity it is in terms of what guitar it is oh and well. like in terms of like you know you're saying like it's whether it's really this guitar or not you know how do you determine that Oh, I mean, like certain guitars have like certain giveaways. So like Fender, the easiest thing would be like, does it say Fender or Squire? Squire is like the low end Fender. They look just like Fenders. They're kind of made by Fender, quote unquote, overseas usually. But yeah, Squire stuff, if it says Squire instead of Fender, that's usually just a cheaper guitar. But like Fender, then on the headstock, it'll tell you if it's made in Mexico or not. And Mm. so like the Fender ones are, are usually Mexico or America. There are some Japanese ones out there as well, but those are like, you know, just things like that. Like gibson guitars usually have something on the headstock that's just like this guitar is obviously a les paul shape but the headstock says you know studio custom so it's like oh it's a les paul studio custom you know or whatever then you start to look like 
you know, you start to figure out what kind of models you like on guitars or what kind of certain things you enjoy. And that's like the benefit I have. I've gone to so many different jam nights and played so many different people's instruments where it's like, you know, I almost don't need a guitar shop anymore. I've got enough peers and friends that I've played with where it's like, I got to try certain guitars out. And there's some guitars out there, ironically, like nowadays that are super cheap and they're like, this not only looks great, but it plays great. So, yeah. Um, you know, the market is kind of weird out there. I think there's going to be a point in time where it's going to be a huge shift because there's companies overseas making guitars that are so good that like America can't keep up unless they charge way too much for it. You know, and that's the unfortunate part. Damn. It's like a lot of American, American guitars, like brand new are like 2000 or $3,000. And it's like, wow. there's not many that aren't that much. Fuck man. Yeah. That's, that's what's kind of deterred me you know away from like that's like been an element of guitar because like you know i still have the acoustics i you know i still feel around on it but yeah like uh you know my electric's fucked up i feel like if i want to take it to that next level i have to like put like however many hundreds of dollars into that i'm just not really willing to do that yeah i mean people, <laughs> ultimately i mean it's like a weird thing though too because like you start out playing guitar and you want to buy a cheap one because you don't want to spend a lot of money in case you don't want to play it but the bad like bad thing is that the cheap ones are harder to play I mean, it's just the way it works. So it's like that double-edged sword of when you're first learning and you probably should get a guitar that's nice so it's easy to play, so you learn. Yeah, You're playing yeah. like a really difficult one to play. And it's not that they're difficult, they just don't play as well. So that's like kind of a goofy thing about them, like the concept of playing a guitar. But, you know, I don't know. I went, I went through a point where it's just like I have a cheap guitar, and then I had a mediocre guitar, and then I bought a good guitar. So I had three, like one of each, like ilk and i was like it's obvious to see why the cheaper guitars are cheap mm-hmm. but then through my life i've like bought and sold guitars and now like one of my favorite guitars i play is like one of those 100 hundred dollar guitars i was telling you about mm-hmm. and it was something i like test painted just to see if i could like hydro dip <laughs> something mm-hmm. and I just, so i was just like i'll just hydro dip this cheap guitar and see what happens and now it's like one of the guitars i play all the time yeah which is like yeah, super yeah. weird because uh, <laughs> it's you know not as easy to play and it's obviously made out of cheap materials while you're like while you're playing it you can tell that but i've kind of fallen in love with it but i do also have like a nicer guitar i play i think that's a badass guitar that one you're talking about i've seen you perform with that yeah one. yeah that's another thing like uh for people that don't know i do play in a you know punk band three finger betty and uh <laughs> mr McAllister showed up at a show one time i did so, it was fun that's that's really awesome like i i, I super appreciate that because that's one of the cool things about people that are in I don't want to say like our line of work, but like doing what we do, like it's, it's, I don't know. I don't take people supporting me while playing, like seeing me play live. I don't take that lightly anymore because I know what it is to like go out and do that. Like it's, you know, yeah. even though I'm playing 80 shows a year, I've probably caught like, you know, 50 shows a year, you know? So it's, I'm still going out to watch shows or like we'll get done with our show and we'll pack up and we'll walk across town to the, go see somebody else who's playing for another hour at a different bar, you know? So like, I'm not foreign to that. So when people come to my shows, I I notice and I'm very thankful and grateful for it. So thank you. Yeah, no problem, man. You know, it, it for how many shows you uh you play, that that it's just fucking nuts, man. It, it it's crazy what you do. It really is. Yeah. Um I and I remember like when we went to that show, uh like <laughs> it was kind of weird cuz that was I think that was our first live event we went to. Mm-hmm. post pandemic yeah it was one of the first ones <clears throat> we played post oh really yeah we played a few like during the pandemic when you could play but it was still mm-hmm. all like you know there was still like social distancing and all the extra rules so like yeah nobody showed up to the shows but we did play a few during the pandemic I mean, we played some places and just live streamed instead so it was like a closed venue 
but they like mm-hmm. you know had two people in there like running the sound and lights and recorded it live and put it out there on youtube so you know it was a weird and shade time but it was something it was something you know? yep and it's kind of it, it's kind of interesting i feel like it's part you know that whole streaming aspect is going to be permanently ingrained in everything now yep. like i that's you know obviously we're pre-recording this now but like i do i want to keep live streaming like a big element mm-hmm. of this show because i think there's i mean you know maybe not necessarily every time a lot of people tune in but like the five people that tune in every time like that's something to them like mm-hmm. they're yeah. they're watching yeah it's, you know oh my gosh yeah and that's one of those things where like interacting with those people like somebody said it recently on one of my podcasts something like if you're in a show and there's 100 people there and 20 of them are reacting really well to what you're doing you feel like you're playing to five thousand people yeah because it's just like those people to those people this is like everything and so like you on stage to you know those people are everything to you so yeah fuck i'm about to be performing here next weekend nice actually that's awesome yeah i'm gonna be doing the the hip-hop showcase uh my my buddy uh little savage he runs it um he does it uh starbox and uh lord also people shout out to them uh but yeah it's it, it's kind of just like a local they do that on west des they do it like you know once a month cool so that's awesome yeah they usually get like you know sometimes all people from out of town usually they just get locals it's like you know they got 10 12 people that go up and do you know i'm doing like 20 minutes this time mm-hmm. it's his birthday so it's actually it's a free show oh cool where's it yeah. at it's uh it's called your private bar oh yeah 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 you you were there one time yeah I, this I will was, be my third time there actually i was, so. I was gonna try and get to there and i couldn't like that's the other that's like the only bad thing about playing so many shows is like sometimes i'm playing a show and it's like you know i'm at a, i'm up at okaboji this weekend and then like if i want to see a show it's like i can't make it to des moines it's like three hours to des moines from okaboji or like maybe four yeah. you know so no can do you know like i can't yeah i don't blame you you know yeah. I, I can't leave my show and go to watch another band finish playing or whatever so it's yeah i mean that's that's the double you know that's the double-edged sword of being a performer you know but yeah, that's, that's just I, I you know i understand that i i, I wouldn't I would never like hold it personally for someone like not showing up to a show, you know. Yeah. Like honestly, this show I'm probably just gonna I'm gonna go and dip. I actually I have a crazy weekend. I'm performing Friday and then Saturday. I'm driving up to the Quad Cities and shooting a music video, doing oh, yeah. another podcast, That's and right. then Sunday I work. Yeah. So yeah, you've been pretty busy lately, like recording music videos, more music videos, things of that nature. So yeah. Well, that's kind of I, and you know I want to talk about this on your podcast also, but like. I've kind of like been at a point where I'm trying to focus more on the podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, there is something about the music as much as I enjoy it. That's like kind of draining in a sense that there's a certain persona that I'm putting out there. Mm-hmm. And like, I perform these songs sometimes. And I'm just like, I don't feel this way anymore. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I'm not like, I don't have Zanx in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, like I, I just, I do a podcast and I have people on. That's like more my persona yeah it's more honest it's more sincere i can be wacky i can do different things music is like so constrained and you know not to share anybody specifically but there's a certain thing about like hanging out not all the rap you know all not all rappers are like you know the kind of people that i would necessarily like hang out with yeah. like they're just, I, like they're fine like you know they're good people i you know i respect them they're you know the good musicians but like i just don't vibe with them yeah you know i i'm i'm like a homebody i like to you know they're just certain people that i click with and most people i just don't you know dude i i totally understand <laughs> like 
I mean, like, I play in a punk band. I spend a lot of time in the punk community. I don't necessarily identify myself as a punk, though, like, based on, like, the people around. I'm like, you know, nothing against them. Like you said, like, I don't, I'm not calling them to hang out with them, though, unfortunately. Yeah, you know? exactly. They're, they're cool people, but, like, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be shaving my head into a mohawk and doing <laughs> the, the punk stuff, you know, because there's people that take it very seriously. Yeah. But I yeah. guess maybe I just, uh, I don't take much seriously. Maybe that's where I'm going. You know, I don't know. Like... You know, uh, I'd sometimes consider myself like a nihilist and an absurdist, you know, you know, how serious can you take some things, you know? That's true. I mean, but I'm sure you're also like me in the sense where you sometimes you take some stuff too seriously and then oh. in retrospect, you're like, whoops, <laughs> like I took that way too seriously. Like, and it didn't matter yeah. one bit at all. So, yeah, I, it's easy for me to like, kind of like internally be like, just logically like do, 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 do. okay that's the conclusion of what's happening right now yep. versus like stepping back and being like okay let's let's uh analyze this situation from a non-biased perspective yeah <laughs> it's, see what's going on it's you know? so tough to do that it's like it sucks when you do that when you're like growing up and you start to realize like the mistakes you made while you're growing up like ah yeah you know and like one of the things i think was like I didn't play guitar for a while just because I didn't think I was good. But, like, obviously, like, if you're not good, you should play it more and then you'll get better. Like, it's that way with everything. Like, literally everything in life. Like, the more mm-hmm. you do anything, you're better at it. Like, I don't care <laughs> if it's, like, cooking or, like, getting ready for work. It does not matter. Like, you get better the more you do it. So Exactly. I, I think it's near – It's I would bet say impossible to, like, uh, get worse at something the more you do it. Yeah. I don't really think it's possible. I think you would have to, like, really put in effort <laughs> to yeah. not be better. <laughs> or be in, like, the wrong frame of mind. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, people have bad days, but, like, you know, still progressively, if you, you know, tried something. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, like, reading. Like, I just, you know, like, I'm not illiterate or anything, but I just sometimes I have a hard time, like, just sitting down and reading a book because my mind wanders. So, yeah. you know, I try to do, like, ten pages a day. And, like, the other day, I did two pages, like, you know, I was like, I felt like an idiot afterwards. Yeah. But, you know, you just, you try every day. And then sometimes I do 15, 20 pages. Sometimes read the whole book. You know, it, yep. it just, it, trying, that's the key. Yep. Persistence. I used to read on my lunch breaks at work. Uh, now my lunch breaks are super short and I don't have that luxury. <laughs> but when I had long lunch breaks, I used to do that. Just bring a book with and just like read some of it. But I'm just like you where I'd like, I'd like be like reading and then I'd get to a part where I'd be like, wait, what happened? And then I'd like have to like flip back a page and be like, mm. oh, I just, I just read all this and didn't process a single mm-hmm. bit of it you know so my mind must have been somewhere else while i was reading it yeah i think i'm at the point now where i've realized that there's way too many books for me to like <laughs> you know try to do that so if i if i'm at a point in a book and somebody is I'm like, fuck it just move ahead yeah, yeah. <laughs> see what happens <laughs> that's true. I, I might be confused at the end but it's like all right i did it i, I feel good that i finished the book yeah that's true I don't know, i'm also reading like uh it's called uh 21st uh, was an evolutionary lens guide to the 21st century it's by uh brett brett weinstein heather hine they're like uh yes uh, evolutionary oh you're familiar yes okay, i man. i absolutely love me some oh, weinsteins yeah. Dude, yeah, not, not the weinstein you know or, or, oh, or whatever yeah, you know, weinstein not weinstein but yeah uh yeah him and his brother are really good uh they've, Fuck, both, they've yeah. both been on eric uh, is a smart motherfucker man yeah he's a gene- that, like both those guys are just you know phenomenal i can't remember which one of them it was but they like picked up a guitar for the first time during covid because they had all this free time on their hand and yep. now they can play like stevie ray vaughn it's yep. like what are you doing like, <laughs> i'm mad at you now 
but whatever i guess yeah eric's eric's you know he's a he's a smart guy but he's kind of weird i remember he would do during the pandemic he would do these like walks and he would just like (laughs) go on youtube live and like start chatting with people and be like you know going off of whatever's going on you know he's been kind of quiet lately though he's been kind of just chilling yeah i mean i know they both kind of got into some controversial waters like kind of discussing topics brent is just in it all the time you know yeah (laughs) those two are just at it constantly yeah there's Uh, a handful of those type of like instigator people on on the internet that actually have like a lot of credentials to be the person that they are and i actually like used to follow a lot of them and then for a while it was just like my whole brain process was aimed towards that where i was just like trying to argue yeah (laughs) nice oh man so like a lot of people would i i just get online and i just get mad at people i just want to try and do what they're doing and then i had to like stop following them all the time because it just like brought up too much angst in my brain every time i get online you know and (laughs) yeah and it's nothing (laughs) that's the same problem there's nothing wrong with society and stuff but you know it's just it's weird that like you can get online and disagree with so many people so vehemently but then you can like interact with them every day in your life other than going online it's just like i like this person they're a great person but then you like go online like why are you just it's so weird that you said one thing online and i disagreed with it so much that now i'm like like weirded out by it you know like but so i just yeah i just have to ignore a lot of what i see online well like yeah you know and like going back to like what we were talking about like confused breakfast like doing the social like i have a really hard time like with my social media presence mm-hmm. like uh i don't want to get into it too much but hopefully we're making some moves here in the future where uh that stuff's going to improve because um i know people are like actually good with that no, nice. <laughs> i'm not one of those people yep. but i think my my problem is like i'm not in tune i feel like i find out about things too late like the trends and like the memes and like what like I like I feel like an old man sometimes. Like it's just like too slow. Like I like I'm moving too slow. Like I think you know, like I'm Canada compared to the US, you know. I just okay, I find out right. things too yep, late. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, the fashion up there is still like a bowling alley in the seventies. No. <laughs> I'm yep. not have you been to Canada? Yeah, I actually Damn. I actually really, really enjoyed Canada. Damn, well what part did you go? I drove up to Winnipeg uh, with a buddy, and we like camped for seven days across Canada until we, oh, until we got to like Toronto, pretty much at the end, and we saw like Niagara Falls and stuff. Uh, we had debated going around all of the Great Lakes and coming back, but we did not. So, hmm. uh, yeah. Do you still go camping and stuff? Not as much as I used to. Like, you know, playing music obviously takes up a lot of time, and yeah, yeah. And as much imagine. as I don't want to admit it, like podcasting takes up a lot of time. Like trying to find enough guests and like get back to all the guests and scheduling. You're, you know, what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, like we even had to we were going to schedule this one day and then we had to reschedule it because yeah. you know it just wouldn't work that day. So it's just the way it works, you know. And you know, I recorded one earlier today and then drove here, you know, and I'm. Yeah, that's commitment, man. Yeah, well, you're, you're working. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and it's funny when people are just like, "How come you don't do blah 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 on the weekends?" It's like, "I'm busy. I'm sorry." Like, on the way down here, I was thinking about it. Like, if I if I sat down and thought about it, like I'm I'm busy like four nights a week and five days a week. You know, um, sometimes even like five and five. So, because I give guitar lessons and I you know play. Oh at, wow, I, I forgot pl- about that. I play at a jam night every Tuesday in Barnum, so I got to plug that. I talk about it all the time, but. Uh, yeah, every Tuesday there's like a jam night and people just go up there and singer songwriters play. And if you play guitar, you can just play along with them and just hop up and switch in and out. And everybody just kind of has a good time and just Sheesh. playing random songs. So like, you know, then you go podcasting and play in a couple shows and that's five nights a week. I'm busy, you know, so I don't have too much free time, but 
you know, at least I'm like kind of think I'm being productive in my free time. Maybe like I don't know. <laughs> Like, yeah. like, like I'm doing stuff. Fuck yeah, man! Like, but I, I, like I'm telling you, man. Like, the, like the people that do hip hop shit, that like n- nobody does that. Like nobody, <laughs> nobody's doing shit like five nights a week. For, <laughs> you know, like giving lessons and shit. That's nuts, man. Yeah, yeah, you're doing a lot. It's fucking impressive. Yeah, like I don't know. I think maybe it's just because I'm doing it that I don't necessarily think too much about it. I feel that. Like, I feel that. Like I get the same thing with this podcast. Like a lot of people come in and say, like, like, oh man, you're. What you're doing is fucking crazy, and I'm just like I, I, I feel like just like a jackass, like, yeah. <laughs> like just you're on a mic, like just being antagonistic, you know? You know? Dude, I, I totally get that too. Like, it's weird taking the compliment, but it's also like I probably should just take the compliment, you know? Because like that's something I need to work on. But like, it, it is a good service for people. Like, I, I bet there's a lot of hip hop people that know that you have the podcast, that it exists maybe have collaborated with others that have been on mm-hmm. the podcast, et cetera. So like, that's what it should be used for. You know, my, my podcast has been used for that. The reason I talked about the Barnum jam is because I mentioned it so much on the podcast that people have driven up from like three hours plus away to come to like Barnum, Iowa, which has a population of like 80 people, maybe like to on a Tuesday night to do a jam, you know, and it's just like, cool, you know? And <laughs> you know it's crazy because there's people that go to these jams and sometimes you might get booked at a show somewhere maybe you know or you never know what's going to happen you never know what's it's just wild that's one reason i like going to them but you know people value what you know what we do whether or not we realize that it has the value that it does you know so here's my question how do you have time to do all that and watch nine seasons of king of the oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's called it's, it's called not sleeping well <laughs> Like, like, how, the, like, sorry, not to get too personal, but like, how many hours of sleep do you get at night? It's weird. So, like, I'll do this like really weird accordion thing where I'll sleep like three or four hours a night for like four or five days, and then it's just what? Like, and so, like, if I play a show Friday night and they don't have no, another show till Saturday night, it's just like okay, I can fit like fourteen hours of sleep in here, and then I'll like do that. And so then I literally will like to sleep for like 14 hours straight because you've shorted yourself so much previously. It's probably not a healthy and good thing to do. I can never do that. Man. But holy shit. But you know, like, and that's just some of that comes from just having all that scheduled out where it's just like, I scheduled all this stuff out. I got to do it. You know, um, I can't say no to anybody because <laughs> might not like me or whatever. You know, like I gotta, I gotta be a people pleaser. <laughs> hey, will you volunteer? for? Th- yes, I will. I, very much so. Tell me where to be, you know? So, but yeah uh, damn man that that's not I, I i can't i can't believe that you like i spend too much time like playing fucking video games and like jerk like you know jacking around doing nothing you know <laughs> oh i do my fair share of that but it's usually like late at night when everyone's sleeping so yeah that's like my only option but i i used to play a lot of video games and then at one point in my life i was just like i have to quit playing video games because it's taking up so much of my time that it does not leave me enough time to do the other stuff that I want to do. And so, like, I looked at, like, the reward synapsis of, like, what I thought to me would be more valuable. And it's like, well, I guess in my free time, I'm watching, you know, I'm rewatching Seinfeld for the ninth time. You know, like, instead of, <laughs> instead of playing Call of Duty or whatever everyone else is doing. And I was like, which one's better? I don't know. Probably none of it. Like, I probably should, like, take, like, the actual free time I have and, like, maybe sleep or do something actually productive. But... yeah. Well, and I'm always trying to keep product- productivity in mind myself. Mm-hmm. Like, because I, 
that's like the thing like i know i know people who stream and like i not bashing them all like i'm glad that they do it and like they have success with that but like i cannot imagine what it's like to spend five six hours a day playing a video game oh it'd be rough like you know my you would be shot all the time i mean i because i don't i mean maybe it's because i don't drink energy drink energy drinks maybe that's the problem but like i don't understand these people just like you know chug energy drinks and just game just like get that into it i don't know i don't want to call it out too much but i the weird thing about it about that is i i view that as somewhat adjacent to like and uh this is where um if my mom's listening quit listening this, <laughs> it's kind of like i compare that to a little bit to like the cam girl situation mm. i feel like it's kind of the same deal where like somebody that wants to watch a certain thing is watching it and this person is also there narrating it so you can kind of like message them and just be like it's cool or like you should have passed it on that down you know we watch somebody play madden or whatever the hell you know yeah you oh can, no yeah you, you there's can, you can give them coins and rewards and all this other nonsense it's just like this is a little odd you know like to me there's a lot of uh similarities in that i feel like i feel like those two markets are there's so i feel like there's some secret alliance you know where they're like they're just they're somehow connected i think like i feel like people are hopping on either one you know they're on twitch for a little bit then they're on chatterbait you know (laughs) it could just be they found the same formula and it worked for them you know like well that's another thing like the porn stars who are like have twitch accounts you know they they, these porn stars just you know just go on twitch and they play video games all day mm -hmm. and like they make money that way too i don't that that absolutely blows my mind but like at the same it's insane rate, they're just they're literally just marketing themselves like they they have become a product yeah you know what i mean i can't believe that i can't believe that people spend as much money as they do on certain things that they do but there's so many people i bet that look at me they're like yeah how much money do you spend on like guitar strings or or gas or like whatever the hell i'm doing like why would you watch seinfeld for a ninth time that's but the I, dumbest thing you know like so but i feel i feel like uh spending money on those things is way better and healthier for you than like throwing money at a camel you know what i mean yeah that's true <laughs> like to each his own to an extent but like i think objectively like yeah one is like you're like a working to like achieve something and then another is just you're simping yeah you know? but yeah i guess like the other end of that is like if somebody has achieved what they want to achieve and that's what they want to go for like true then in their mind they're winning and doing the right thing so i also have a hard time when i grow up it's like i realize how many mistakes i made in life and i still don't know if anybody knows the exact right way to do things 100 percent in life is because every situation is so different so like, i have a hard time judging people when they're doing things too like when i sit down and like really think about it and it sucks because like i grew up like i said i grew up like so confident that like what i thought was correct and now i like grow up and it's like i don't know if i have an opinion on like anything anymore <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> it, it kind of yeah. sucks because I, I start to see things from both sides of the coin i think some of that's just because i've had like you know i've led like two different kind of like weird lives in my life i feel like uh when i finally started like mature it was just like a completely different set of mm. things happened you know so i see um yeah but, you and i differ in that <laughs> <laughs> well you're, I, I, you're, i'm you're very younger than me that's true how old are you uh 30 what four four this year 34? yeah yeah. yeah eight years yeah yeah yep so that's true yeah. i have heard that that like in your 30s you know people tend to chill out but there are also like people in their 30s that are fucking maniacs you know? yeah but some of those people i've found out were like super chill their entire lives mm, you true. know so i think some of it is just where you're at in your life and like what's happened to you before obviously like oh that's that's you know that's how psychologists view it too because that's basic psychology but like what's happened to you in your life is 
you know, kind of leads you down a path to, mm. to where you're going to be, you know, and it's, I don't know. It's, it's weird to grow up and like, when I first started, like even through music, like when you grow up through music, it's just like the first couple times you're playing, you're just like, you're just first now finding your voice and how to play along to certain things. And you're so scared that people are going to judge you and things like that, that you don't want to go out there and play. And now, mm. now it's not like I'm, I'm fearless, but I've figured out like what phrases I like to play where and what happens. And I can kind of take command of a song or I can kind of lean back and let some other people, you know, take the helm. And I don't have to be the person that's the focal point of anything. Even though I'm playing a solo, I can just make it super simple and, yeah. and let somebody else be the shining star of the song, you know, or whatever. So, yeah. Exactly. I feel like I feel like a lot of it's just confidence. Yeah, and you the, know. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that's that's one. I think that's one area where I'm like pretty confident is playing off the cuff. Um, mm. I have more fun doing that with like that's where like jam nights where it's just like, is there a solo in this part? And it's like, okay, there's an open set. And I'll start playing some solo, and it's like, you can make songs longer or shorter than they should be, or you can stretch the solo section out twice as long, or you know, you can. <laughs> You can play like uh, "Can't You See" and add a solo between every verse, and all of a sudden that song's nine minutes long, you know, or whatever. <laughs> Bass solo, you know, whatever. Yeah, you and I are a lot different in that aspect too. I, uh, I'm very like I like things planned. I think that's why I like, you know, when I make do music, I like being a hip hop artist because, you know, I have my bars. It's straightforward. Like I never like go up and freestyle or anything like that. I've never done that in public form. I wouldn't. Uh, and you know, like the if they're not my beats, they're at least like edited and constructed in a way where like it's, it's like set and planned. Yeah. Like I get, I give the set, you know, I give the guy the beats and the set list and like play him this order and he does his thing, you know? Yep. Yeah. I mean like it's more, uh, hip hop is more conducive to that. Like in the punk band I play, there's not really like, that's all the, exactly like what you're saying. It's everything's planned out. You have to play these notes at exactly this time and everything's, you know, fast forward, run downhill music. But I mean, you saw us play live, like, at the end, for some reason, we just like to play whatever, you know, so we start to, like, jam out, and that's where we, like, show you that, like, we can also play freeform kind of stuff, where we don't just play off the cuff and see what happens, so, like, if you, I've heard people say, like, I didn't know that that jam you guys did wasn't, like, 100% planned out, and it's like, yeah, it's different every time, because we just play whatever we want to play, so, um, but, like, I I'd, I'd found a love for that, going to all these jam nights and playing along with other people, and um it's afforded me a lot of good opportunities i've got to fill in for other musicians um i've showed up to shows and people pull me on stage to play leads for a couple songs you know and things like that so it's kind of fun when you have the ability to do that and people you know have confidence in you to pull it off well it's like this is awesome you know i'm super glad i I get the you know opportunity to do this and you know i live in like a really supportive area musically Mm -hmm. like I don't know. I guess, like, if you listen to my podcast, it's, like, a broken record when I talk about this, but it's one <laughs> of the most supportive music areas. You know, everybody is collaborating with one another, helping one another, helping each other write music, promote each other, talking about things. So many books to show somewhere, they're like, you would like these other people that are playing my area. Like, nobody's, you know, nobody's selfish about it at all, which is amazing. You know, it's really cool. So, you know, hats off to them. It's it's not something I've experienced a whole lot of in the music scene. A lot of people are, they want to be heard. And obviously, you know, everybody wants to be heard, but it's tough to go out there and be selfish about wanting to be heard, you know, cause if mm-hmm. you lift somebody else up, they're going to lift you up usually, you know? Yeah. Well, the, the hip hop scene in Des Moines is a different story. I think <laughs> well, I mean, your music's also conducive to that though, too. Though, yeah, like, exactly. Um, yeah. I feel like, um, 
uh, almost having some sort of, you know, I don't want to say like an issue, but having some sort of tension between two artists can actually create bigger things for you in that, you know, in that sense. Yeah, so it, yeah. It could be a good thing too, you know? No, no, it definitely, it, 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 like, I think like a competitive environment is like a good thing mm-hmm. in a sense. Like, it, it obviously in doses, like, I don't think you should like live in that necessarily. But like, I think there is like a healthy there can be like a healthy balance with like hip-hop and like you know there's like uh the there's this guy crazy baby i've had on the podcast he runs this like uh underground like kind of kind of like the eminem you know battle type of deal mm-hmm. but it's not like with the beat and it's like you know it's pre-written it's not really freestyle but like you know these people just like spend like a month you know writing like 16 bars of like you know basically fuck you and then they just get in their face and like you know some sometimes tension gets there but then they like you know they're cool they're friends you know it's kind of like comedy like people like wrote like you know they do a roast Mm -hmm. they roast each other Mm -hmm. it's kind of it's a very similar uh thing i feel like in hip-hop i feel like when i'm hanging out with guys like rappers like we can always like talk shit and just you know fuck around poker each other a little bit you know yeah yeah i mean yeah i don't don't know like i don't like i said i don't spend any time in that community but like i also (laughs) understand like just based on the music and like the past stories of hip-hop and rap and things like that and what what's happened you know so i think it'd be fun like if some people created like some fake beef that like didn't even exist oh that that happens all the time man (laughs) yeah like even on a local level does it happen locally um i mean i wouldn't say it's fake beef but like recently i kind of had something similar to that happen Mm -hmm. um I, I had these lyrics that were they were construed as racist and they weren't I mean they weren't really racist what I was talking about was how there was a time where you know I feel like when I was growing up in a small town I maybe was you know closed minded and I didn't really appreciate people of other cultures and as I you know as I've progressed and you know grown up I've uh you know that's not the case anymore so that was like what i was describing and basically what this individual was upset about was that i uh we had we were supposed to do some recording on my project and basically he just kept dropping and then he he, like he, he kept like not showing up to the recording sessions um which was costing me money and then he like just didn't want to do it like he like he went did some like went to the session about to record then just got there it was like i don't want to do it because because of those lyrics which to an extent yes i probably should have had that conversation with them and i well we kind of did but i mean i understand him being uncomfortable with it but also he just did me dirty like he just he just didn't he just went about in a way that was just shitty so i you know we had podcasts come up i'm like you know i don't want to have you in the podcast Mm -hmm. like like if you if you're gonna jerk me around like this like how am i supposed to like do an interview with you in two weeks yeah. and like i'm like fucking pissed at you yeah you know so it was just that i'm just like i'm sorry we're not doing a podcast so then his response was to get him and five of his goons and fucking go on facebook and just you know basically parade me mm-hmm. i had memes made out of me one was actually pretty funny it was uh um i had my like priest outfit it was like pov like professing you you were like once racist or something mm-hmm. um that one was pretty funny but uh yeah, man. It was brutal. Oh, that's rough. That's rough. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been... I don't I just. I don't know. I just don't get involved with that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, you're pretty... And the, you know, that's what I like about your podcast. You're you're pretty simple. I, I'm, I'm the crazy motherfucker who's like, has all these... Com- like, these goes on these crazy tangents and conversations and like... You know, yeah. I definitely am not... I'm not soft-spoken by any means. And if you listen to my, you know, hip-hop music, that's... That's, uh, that's clear. That's obvious. 
I just spent so much of my life having such a strong opinion that now I'm just like I don't I don't care. Like mm. like uh I'm waiting for that day. So so I was in a band with some people and like I'm not going to call out the band. It's it'll be obvious if uh, if they listen, but like two people always showed up late to everything and then one day they showed up late and they bitched to each other about who parked where. And they were just like wanted me to have an opinion on it so bad that like one of the guys was just like dude we'll kick you out of the band if you don't and i was just like over a fucking parking spot like you're gonna kick me out of the band over not having an opinion on who who parked in the right spot like good luck finding somebody else that wants to fucking replace me yeah like right. who's gonna want to deal with this shit you guys are insane yeah, yeah. And, and, and so like that's the kind of stuff where i feel like as dumb as that argument was i feel like most arguments are that dumb so, yeah. So it's like, why are we arguing? Like, why do we have to fight and yell at each other's faces well, and stuff? Like, and mine was fucking dumb too. He literally, and you know, that was the thing. Like, he had his friend call me. We had this big conversation, and like, one of the things that he told me that really pissed me off he was like, because I was white, I wasn't able to talk about that. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking? Like, that's still my experience. It doesn't matter what the fuck the color of my skin is. Like, I'm an artist. That's true. I understand. I like. I understand where he's coming from the social construct, but like. You know, I, in my opinion, fuck that. Like that—that's my experience. I'm talking about it. I'm not talking shit about black people or whatever people of color. That's—I'm just literally just talking about my experience. That's all I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess if people don't know the whole story, then it's a little tougher. But like, I can't believe somebody would get mad at you for like saying at one point in my life I was sheltered and now I am not as sheltered and I understand the world a little bit better. Exactly, and like that's my point. Is like. Like, you talk about the argument being ridiculous. This was as ridiculous, yeah. essentially, if you really break it down. Like, I, I have plenty of friends that are playing different cultures. I went to them with this. I explained, like, and they're like, no. Like, this guy is just full of shit. Well, you know, I mean, that's, and everyone's allowed to have their own opinion. but Sure, uh, but, like, it is just clear to me that they don't have an actual opinion. If they were actually upset about what I said, they would have had tried to have a conversation with me. He did not once try to message me and be like, Hey, homie, like, what are you talking about here? Like, let's have a conversation about it. He went to the fucking internet immediately. Like, it oh, literally a, says in his profile, I'm a shit talker before the count. That's like, rough, this is just his whole, whole thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, I mean, I used to do that stuff, too. But, like, I was also, like, young and stupid. And, and like, Facebook just came out. And, you know, you got to think about, like, things like that. Like, before everyone knew as much as they did about the internet you know that's when i was more rambunctious but yeah the internet was also like the wild west back exactly in the day, so. yeah well yeah you were uh, you know being a you know the age difference i can imagine you were just in that fucking heyday that prime yeah of the, fucking, the wild west like you said yeah, yeah it was pretty wild to, yeah nothing costs money <laughs> like that's and that's the internet man it was wild it was absolutely wild so yeah it was true it was a true like example of like freedom i feel like you know like a like a, a present memory of like we can be like oh my gosh you could just do anything you mm-hmm. know the good and the bad of it like you just it, it is it was what it was you know yeah. oh my gosh yeah i don't yeah i don't know the internet has changed a lot and it's funny because like i was talking about what website was i talking about rotten.com to somebody and they were like what's that and i'm like like do you know what it is oh man so like that's the age difference was like i grew up on the internet before like facebook and youtube and Mm -hmm. instagram and twitter and like a lot of news sites and things like that Mm -hmm. you know so there was a handful of websites everyone could go to and rotten.com was just like gross pictures of stupid stuff like some guy like trying to weightlift too Mm. much and prolapse like it's just like kind of like 4chan i don't know 
never been know. on 4chan. No, I see. Like that's the thing. I don't just subscribe to much of that stuff anymore today because it's just too much. Like my brain can't <laughs> handle it. But, 4chan is a, well, it's not even up anymore. I don't think, but yeah, or maybe it is. But like it, yeah. But this There's, was literally just the stupidest shit ever on the internet. It's just like <laughs> check this out. You know, like I said, you know, somebody weightlifting a prolapse, and here's a picture of it. It's like why would you put that on the internet? But like that's what this website was dedicated to. It was like the stupidest shit ever. <laughs> that's the beauty of it, though. You yeah. know? and I mean, like I think it still exists in some capacity. So it's still there but you know there's like all those different websites and people are just like what it's like i wonder what people would do like if you sat down at a computer and we're just like you can't go youtube facebook and just like deleted like the big ones you know it's like Mm. you could take like five websites and delete them and people be like i don't know what to do with the internet yeah i mean at the very least they would like like not want to engage with it because it'd just be it'd be too much work to like like you know search through things and like go through websites like there like i you know there was a time where people looked at the internet like they looked at an encyclopedia yeah you know like it was just like a index of information mm-hmm. and now it's like an entirely different virtual world essentially yeah it's it's absolutely wild and it's so quick too that's the thing that like really trips me up like you know it, 21 years ago was 9-11 mm-hmm. and like you know, let alone thinking about that but like just thinking about like you know, like having Game Boys and like, mm-hmm. you know, how, you know, t- I was talking about like how the internet computers were. Like, it's just so crazy to think about. It's crazy to think about, you know, post or pre pandemic, how that was. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Sometimes honestly. you just sit and think, you're like, holy shit. Like, I, it's hard to, it's, it's sometimes it gets hard. It's hard to like imagine what that was like. I was pretty close and like, you know, getting close to normal, but it'll never fully be gone. I think it's just ingrained permanently in culture i think one of the, my favorite things that COVID is kind of like that whole time span is kind of like preserved in my head is just like i kind of do like having a little bit of space you know like so when you're at the register mm. and like somebody's like right at your shoulder it's like dude just back it up a little bit please like COVID or not i don't want anybody that close to me i don't care oh jesus you know and like i just feel that way about a lot of things so it's just you know um i just hope people take the good practices away so it's just like yeah you probably should wash your hands a little bit more than you do or whatever you know like mm-hmm. you know, wash your hands after you poop you know there's people that don't do that kind of crap and it's like what are you doing people like i it just kind of exposes you to how stupid everyone is out in the world but uh at the same rate like yeah i don't know like exactly. there's, there's a lot of goofy things that went on that i i like i don't understand like how a lot of it like the whole thing was just like such a mess and it's so mm-hmm. wild like i can't believe that we're gonna have the stories to tell where it's like for a while they delivered liquor to my house like <laughs> i could order a drink from the bar and the guy would mix it and drive it to my house in a container with a lid on it it's like you could go what to, you could go you could physically yourself drive to the bar get it to go drink put it in your car and drive home yeah and it was literally like a plastic cup with like a straw lid yeah. in it like Literally, there would be no difference between you drinking and not drinking it. Yeah, uh, and that was that was technically legal for a while. I mean, like, I did know some bars where they had a traveling bar, where it's like you called the bar, but they actually just called the guy's cell phone. And mm-hmm. you're just like, I live here. I want drinks poured. And he showed up with, like, a pile of liquor and just poured you a whole bunch of drinks. And he's like, I don't know if that was, like, technically legal, because he's technically driving around with open containers. But, like, yeah. if, if they could do delivery drinks, then why not? You know, so I don't know. Like, that's where the thing was, like, once they, like... It was a huge gray area for, like, nine months. Yeah, the whole entire world's been a gray area for, like, (laughs) nine months. It's so wild, like... Well, the whole... Yeah, yeah. I mean, and everything. It just... Ever since it started, it just... Yeah. But, you know, there... 
just you know not to get on that tangent like you know the science or whatever but there is something at least to like like general like you said like general awareness Mm -hmm. like being careful about being sick like just be like in like I, I remember you know pre-pandemic like calling in sick there'd always be like the people would be pissed at you or like you know you judge you for like being you know maybe faking it and your boss would be sick. now it's like please stay like there's just a general you know even if it's overhyped i think that in some senses that's you know in a lot of sense that's better to mm-hmm. like have for everybody just be generally aware of viruses and getting sick and everything being careful i was always that way though too like yeah the worst part about it was some jobs would be like you need a doctor's note it's like yeah but what if i'm just sick with something and i don't need to go to the doctor for you still want me to go spend my money to go see a doctor to get a note so you're like double losing money on days off just to have a day off you know or whatever but i mean that's you know well that's another aspect of it too like people who like that like that's kind of the flip side of it like people who like have jobs where like they literally cannot afford to be sick Mm -hmm. like they won't make rent if they're sick for five days yeah you know yeah um in incomes working from home you know like i was super Mm. sick uh maybe like a month or so ago let's see what yeah about a month ago it was like right before christmas was it covid or unrelated? i I never got tested because like if i don't play a show i just sit at home for the most part nowadays so and i was doing podcasts remotely i think that was the week i skipped a week Mm -hmm. because i was wasn't feeling well and i didn't even want to do like a remote one but yeah so like uh i ended up like taking a day off work and i work remotely so like i didn't even have to go anywhere you know and my job is not like based over a phone so i can do work just sitting there not talking to anybody if i don't want to so you know i took a day off and i, th- I think I even canceled a couple shows like around that time because yeah. it's just like i probably shouldn't go out even though i'm feeling better today or whatever but you know i i've always kind of been like that you know and it's kind of weird like like you said you some people have jobs where they don't can't afford to take a day off and some people have jobs where the job sucks and they won't let you take a day off you know yeah exactly like i said like not only do i not get to make money today but i got i have to go to the doctor and i don't feel good and i just have to like have them sign a note that says i'm sick to bring it to my boss like they're my parent or something you know like (laughs) i don't i don't know like we're all adults here you know yeah let's try and act like a little bit please but not every job functions that way but that's unfortunate Yeah. yeah that's that's another road to travel down that's the that that is life is unfortunately Mm -hmm. um i have a question and i obviously we're not like you know talking shit or whatever Mm -hmm. um but like i i'm just curious because like i i find that like when i do podcast they talk about having podcasts with rappers on like i it always doesn't it doesn't always translate like being a good you know hip-hop artist is like they're gonna be a good podcast guest like do you do you ever like how do you i mean like how do you find your guests and like do you ever like i don't know have you ever like run into that where like not obviously not talking shit about people but like just like in general do you ever find that yeah um 100 so i have had bad podcasts some of it is just yeah. uh, it's tough to converse with people other times it's the people aren't good interviewers other times it's i didn't ask the right questions so there's a little bit of everything but like i had a guy like chew gum and um, damn for real like play guitar through the entire interview like like i'd like ask a question and he'd like look up from playing guitar and be like yeah i don't know and then you like go back and it's like geez this guy really doesn't care or whatever i want to watch that one (laughs) it it exists it's out there and it's actually not a horrible interview but it's it feels very impersonable like you know yeah well because like 
I do video as well, but my video is only on Patreon and I put mm-hmm. clips out. So I'd like find a three minute clip that wasn't him ignoring me, you know? So, and, but that's, I mean, it's, it is what it is. Some people are better at interviewing than others. And I like every interview situation is different. Like I do video, so I have to have some sort of like a place like this to sit or do mm-hmm. it remotely. So I have to record their, them at home and maybe they're just like sitting there and they like don't know what to do with their hands so they decided to play guitar you know so like i i get it but like i've had people that don't like to talk much that are like some of the most talented people and i've had people on the podcast like once and it wasn't good and another time and it was amazing so it's tough to say who it is and like whether or not they might be having a good day or whether or not they might have something they want to talk Mm. about or whatever i'm getting better at like filling in time for them but it's also very tough to try to solicit responses out of people that aren't very responsive so um yeah i have like the lucky thing about me is i've got like 50 plus people in like my peer group where i live so i can kind of know people and who likes to talk about what and things like that and uh i kind of know what they have going on and i kind of remember like where we were at the last time we talked on the podcast if that's the case and i can kind of like bring them in so it's like last time we talked about this so what are you doing with this now you know yeah yeah push the envelope that way so i'm getting a little bit better at conversing that way but yeah i've definitely noticed some progression from you like like there's a difference you know like from when i first met it to now mm-hmm. in, in like yeah I, and like i feel like I, you know i've done the same thing like that's just like it's like we said like doing it over and over again like eventually you just um maneuver like that yeah, if I had a guy show up with gum, though, that would be a 15-minute episode. Though. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, you know. <laughs> Reminds me of a Seinfeld bit, actually. No, no <laughs> never really actually does. But, yeah, he says everything. everybody that's chewing gum, it, they look like they're, like, not impressed. Or, like, it looks so hokey. Like, oh, yeah, yeah Col- Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Yeah, is that real? Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, I bet he did. Really, teacher? Yep, yep, yep. You know, just chewing on his gum or whatever. So, it's just, mm. like, it, just, it does look pretty hokey. It looks like they're just... Not impressed, you know. Yeah. So, have you heard of the H three podcast? Huh. Um, it's like Ethan and Hewlett Klein. I can't stand them. I don't recommend it. But like they, they, uh, they will like order pizza, <laughs> and like they'll just like eat pizza on the podcast. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I know there's like the whole like mukbang. Like, there's a whole internet fetish for that. But like, come on, that's just that. Like, like it's it's like you said. Like, I think it's just shitty to like. I mean, I don't know. I did I did have a guest one time like with like crackers and mm-hmm. like it, it was like his jam that he made from his garden and yes. like we ate a little bit like you I'm, know I probably maybe a little more yeah that it's understandable <laughs> if you do something like that but it is a little weird like I obviously that's some people's avenue when you go like really weird into the ASMR realm you know but like. <laughs> Like, uh, there's, there's this kid, he's like one of the most talented people that, that comes at the jam night and he's only been playing bass guitar like two years, but he's so wildly talented and he's, he's just a young guy. I think he's under 18 still. And, uh, for anyone that doesn't know his name's Owen, but he'll like go up there and he'll play like all these weird, like jazzy bass things and play all these leads and crazy stuff, like all by himself. Maybe a drummer's playing with him and he'll just do like ASMR spoken word <laughs> stuff on, on the mic at jam nights. If nobody goes up to play stuff and it's just like. If nobody plays, <laughs> Owen's going to get up there and he's just going to be like, ooh. <laughs> and he's just like doing that. Like just, and it's like, the weirdest part about it is by the time he gets done playing, you're like, that was actually pretty good. If that was on like some weirdo <laughs> jazz album, I'd probably buy it to listen to that song. You know, and it's like every, every, oh, you know, every time he does it, it's just like, damn you, Owen. I don't know why that was good, but it was good. You ever seen the movie Frank? No, uh, no. Have you heard of it? What's well, I you should look it up it's about uh it's about this guy that joins a band and there's this like 
fucking like train wreck of a guy who wears this big head like machete head and they're in like this really bizarre band and they make like weird noises like that like (laughs) just like talking about that you should watch that movie they do the whole thing where like they go to a cabin like they record it and they're just like doing all this really weird shit and like the whole time you're just like what the hell's going on and like the music is just so bizarre and out there like i think there's something to that because like i found that a lot of people that are like super professionally trained as musicians that's like music for musicians Mm. so like music for the rest of us is there it's kind of like comedy for comedians so like (laughs) when they're backstage they're ripping on each other and saying some crazy stuff yeah but that they would never say on a microphone ever not on a podcast not anywhere well that might not be true for everybody well (laughs) i think like doug stanhope would be like a good example Mm. of you know comedian's comedian so he talks about stuff that like he shouldn't talk about exactly and makes it funny and uh it might offend people while he does it so like that'd be a good example of somebody that does that kind of stuff so i feel like jazz musicians are those people for like actual musicians so like mm. the rest of us it's like oh you're playing a one four five progression cool you know it's all you know blues and e minor woo, 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 you know like all the same stuff that we get to use over and over again that's always like the formulas that get used in music and then somebody comes out there and starts playing that weirdo stuff and you're like i don't know what they're doing but it's crazy there's noises coming out of everything that i've never heard before so yeah yeah have you um i used to play jazz guitar have you ever played jazz guitar uh no not well i mean i'm I'm kidding no i could not play that to save my life these days oh my god oh it's hilarious Uh, that's so funny (laughs) no i did play a little bit in college though uh that's some crazy it's some you know they they just like give you piano sheet music yeah like they literally are just like all right here figure it out i'm like this isn't even a guitar part (laughs) yeah yeah and they don't give you like chords they don't give you like the you part the hardest part is like taking the notes and putting them on your guitar in a way where you You, can do it you can actually put your fingers down and do it yeah yeah that's the toughest thing about guitar but it's also like one of the things i think is the most fun about guitar because it's just like there's like a zillion ways to make the same chords uh with different fingerings you know and it's they all use basically the same notes but they all have different textures so that's kind of what it makes it you know unique piano would obviously be the biggest one of those to be able to do that where it's like you can really stretch it out and start playing some crazy stuff but yeah i i've been listening to a lot of chet baker lately have you heard of him Mm-mm. that guy's fucking nuts he, he uh he was big in like the 40s and 50s he was a heroin addict and he actually got his two front teeth knocked. he's a trumpet player he got his two front teeth knocked out in a bad deal and like he like couldn't play trumpet for like 10 years and he like like had to like pick it up and like it never sounded the same essentially but he was like one of the most talented guys like there was such like a raw time in the 40s like 40s through the 60s and 70s where jazz was just like like dark gritty but like just people were fucking passionate and talented and there was Mm -hmm. like there was such an have you seen whiplash no wow (laughs) my gosh that is a movie like require like every musician should be required to watch that movie like i like have you you were you ever like in band or anything like that yeah yeah so you'd be able to relate like just like everyone that has done that kind of stuff has had like that hard ass crazy teacher who just has like these insane standards and jk simmons is just like a a fucking nut he there's a part where he takes a chair and throws at him because he's he's like on time like (laughs) on time you know yes and Uh, it's like i'm sure you've like seen memes for it and shit uh, maybe um it's yeah, um 
J.K. I can't remember the kid, but uh, J.K. Simmons, the guy who plays uh, Spy- uh, Spider-Man's boss. Keith Parker's boss. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I know that is. <laughs> Anyways, look it up. Whiplash. It's a really good. Fucking All right. Movie. Yeah. Definitely. I'm bad. I'm so bad with movies and like knowing famous people and stuff. Like I quit carrying around like 2000. It was just like it's just <laughs> too much new stuff coming out. I can't. I don't know. 2000. Yeah. Damn. You're yeah. ahead of the game, bro. <laughs> yeah. But, like when I when I got to You're high smart. school, dude. When I was in high school, I was listening to like 80s music. I was plowing through that stuff. I was going backwards through time because like mm. I grew up with like kind of older parents, so like I got to listen to like you know like Roy Orbison and things like that. And there's nothing against that because like Roy Orbison as a musician is still one of my favorite musicians. But so, oh, he was a genius, like like structurally. Yeah, he you just know? structured the songs super weird. You know, the songs aren't like a b a b c a b you know or like the typical formulas that everybody yeah. uses he would use like a b c d e a b and it's like what are you doing like writing like six parts to a song or something and then like <laughs> not repeating any of them until the end and then you just like repeat the first part again or something and so yeah you know he was really good at doing goofy stuff like that and he was just like it just sounds good mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah like pretty right. woman like that like that whole that uh you know that lick that mm-hmm. opening lick is such a weird like if you actually like play on that guitar like struck like position wise you're like this is kind of odd like you know yeah <laughs> you know and that's just he just thought that like in his head this is what it should sound like and he just did he just threw most of music theory out the window and, yeah and so that's kind of the ironic thing about it right it's like i feel like the great like the people who are really the greatest when it comes to like music like a lot of times they do that same very thing. They throw all the wind- rules out the window. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense in music, though, too. Like, yeah. Like, um... I mean, that's jazz, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, just, like, the general, like, seventh chords that people play. It's just like, why mm. is there a whole bunch of major stuff in here with a minor note thrown in there? It's like, because it sounds good. Like, don't ask questions. Just do it, you know? So sometimes you just have to trust your gut. And you can even, like, make mistakes and pull them off and make them not sound like mistakes, you know? that's like i said that's jazz yeah you know but uh yeah i don't know that's just kind of the way it goes like music is just such a crazy thing because there's really no rules and the people that break the rules are the ones that get noticed you know usually you know you think about people like obviously Jimi hendrix wasn't the first person to do what he was doing but he was the one who did it the most proficiently on a yeah. large scale so like well, some things he did was the first one like fucking plank his teeth and shit like that yeah i mean he would <laughs> I mean, he'd do crazy stuff light his guitar on fire and he was the first one to use a lot of feedback and really try to drive yeah. guitars to like distorted states and you know played crazy chords that people hadn't really played in popular music at that time you know so he did a lot of things and found patterns that he enjoyed a lot of success with you know and that's, you don't think he was the first one to play guitar upside down like that no, I think it's just lefty. You know, there mm-hmm. are other left-handed people out there. He just chose to to do it that way. You know. Okay. Okay. Because he was left-handed, so or was he? Was it right-handed and he used a lefty guitar? But whatever, you get the gist. You know. So, yeah. It's just a flipped guitar, which I mean. I mean might, that. I mean, I can imagine that being really complicated, though. I can't imagine playing guitar upside down. I don't think the strings were upside down. I think he restrung it to be. Oh, he did. But I do know people that do that. Like I do know a guy that's left-handed, and he doesn't want to buy. A left-handed um guitar so he just flips flips because he's like there's regular guitars everywhere so he just takes those and he flipped them upside down and that's how he learned how to play so <laughs> that's insane it, it is it's really wild but he plays the bass like normal left-handed so wow so yeah it's uh it's really crazy to watch him play stuff 
but it's yeah. like it's one of those things where you can, you can play with so many people and if you follow along visually with what people are doing you're like i don't know what chords he's making like they're upside down like you gotta really think about it you know so you have to follow like different fingers and different patterns it's kind of fun yeah that's fucking nuts dude uh sorry sir i i circling back to hip-hop because i'm just curious like what what's your like general opinion on hip-hop i don't know if i've ever really asked you this oh do you like it do you hate it like what you so, can be honest some of it's good but it comes and goes in like sparseness so like when i went back to school i was going to iowa central at the time and it was just all the the like trap drums and people like literally doing nothing more than talking over trap mm. drums so like i don't know what genre that is but there was a bunch of that that everyone <laughs> thought was cool and i was just like i'm not really into this you gotta have like some sort of rhythm or some sort of inflection to your voice or or rap faster or slower or mm, use more me. beats while you're you know rapping back and forth like um i mean like obviously like eminem is like one of the people out there that's just like this guy can get away with any beat he wants to like he can rap super super fast super super fast and then he can kind of slow it back down and slow it back down, you know so he can do mm-hmm. like a lot of that kind of stuff but it all seems to flow so well and he can rhyme words in places where it's like they shouldn't all rhyme there but because of how he's inflicting the beats oh, yeah. that's, that's why they work where they do you know um like tech nine was another one that like when i was growing up I was like this guy's pretty cool he's doing a lot of really neat things pushing the envelope with how fast he can rap mm-hmm. and it's not like fastness is like what i always look for because sometimes i look for people like creating a picture that i i can actually like understand or or you know relate to in some sense even if i have no background at all on this so like uh older hip-hop was always better at that i feel than than newer hip-hop newer hip-hop doesn't hide things as well uh to let you fill in the gaps uh as older hip-hop did like back in the day what do you like what do you mean so um imagine the difference between like reading a book and seeing a movie when you see a movie the actors are doing things and saying things etc but when you read a book you get to hear the thoughts of the characters but you still only get so much between point a and b given to you whereas in a movie they might act all of that out Mm. you know so it's like so and so walks across a room and sees someone staring at them angrily and it's like in the movie you get to see what that looks like but in the book you have to think about what that's like in your head and and fill in the gap of like how angry did this person look et cetera, i see you know so so you're saying a lot of like modern hip-hop is very like like a movie like in your face and older hip-hop is more like, like left to the left to the imagination there's a sense. little bit more left to the imagination i i would say you know but maybe that's just me romanticizing you know nostalgia too to an extent where like yeah i do think there are a lot of artists like you know ken lamar and you know i mean i don't know if griselda is really like lyrically like that but i mean they definitely are <clears throat> bringing back that like east coast like style like biggie and wu-tang and mm-hmm. you know uh, uh mob deep and stuff like that you know uh but yeah i mean i totally get what you're saying and you know there's there's like the whole you know juice world type of sing-songy type of trend i don't know how you feel about that i think you know juice world was pretty talented but there's a lot of uh i don't know desirable artists that have come out of that i will say yeah i mean i I find it hard to enjoy a lot of what's coming out now just because i like my life i don't relate to it when i was a teenager when i was younger growing up i feel like i relate i related to it to an extent somewhat but now i'm my life is pretty calm i'm pretty just relaxed and i don't know it, it might just be like the aspect of a lot of it's just based on drama but there's mm-hmm. like a lot of it that comes out that it's just like i'm i can't believe this is as popular as it is like 
And I'm not calling anyone out. I don't want anybody to like, don't at me, bro. I'm, t- I'm done with that. I don't want to do any of it. But like Lil Yachty, like I watch like his videos. Like, it's just Lil like, Yachty. And it's like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. This is not what I enjoy, but obviously other people enjoy it because it's got a bajillion D views and the guy's a, like a multimillionaire. So like, okay, yeah, okay I guess. You know. Well, yeah, you know, and that, I, I don't know. And that, like, that's a lot of the stuff that I heard while I was like you know going back to school and things like that when people would walk by in their headphones it's just like music very similar to that it's like Ugh. i don't know but i remember like hanging out with kids and like popping on like nwa and they're like this is old this isn't good and i'm like this is good like end up, <laughs> tell me nwa ain't good like it's like the freaking beatles of rap here man just tone yeah. it down a little bit you know or whatever yeah. you know no but, i mean they're, they're fucking pioneers for sure yeah i i <coughs> excuse me it's like the it's like the you know the teenage girl that is wearing the Nirvana shirt, and she's like you literally play her the Nirvana song. She doesn't know what it is. Yeah, like they're just it's 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 how the generations are. Like, it, and it's almost kind of cool to see like that hip hop's been around that long. It's really like like I feel like there was a point when hip hop was starting that a lot of people dismissed it and were like, this is an art form. This is bullshit. You know, mm-hmm. like they're not singing. Like I, I don't do you listen to Ben Shapiro at all? Yeah, he has yeah, this whole I, I thing. Know who he is. I don't listen to him religiously, but yeah, no, me neither. Hit, hit me, <laughs> me, me neither. But no, there, there's the part. Uh, he goes in this whole rant where he talks about like how hip hop isn't music. He's like, it doesn't have rhythm or beat, you know. And like everything he's saying, it's just like, no, you're just not right. Like, like some people just. I don't know. Like, especially back then, like they just could not process that it was like an art form. But like, I feel like now it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people's arguments about rap or or hip hop in any sense is like, that's all I gotta say. Like, it, it might not be my favorite kind of music, but it's obviously still music. Like, even if I don't, even if some of it's not very musical, it's still music because you're still yeah. using rhythm. You're still mm-hmm. using like notes and like to an extent, you're still using like a key kind of you know to like form music and and beats and mix things together. So. Yeah. Well, and like, I mean, I think you could argue that, especially with the, the Juice World type of music. Like, I mean, all that auto tune, you know, you can say what you want about auto tune, but that's even more musical in a way. Yeah. You know, like people like going in, like layering, like, like, you know, Ken Lamar does that. He'll go in, like, layer his voice two, three times, and like, there's a whole chord structure in that, you know. Mm-hmm. He's doing high frequency, low, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just different. Yeah. I mean, it, that's, that's what it is. I mean, like, the world was better when everyone got along when you know like when <laughs> rap and rock mixed together you know you had oh yeah. Ar- aerosmith and run dmc but dude like my, what that like three years of that my, happened my, or whatever my favorite was public enemy and anthrax i never heard that oh my gosh they're so awesome i got a song called uh bring the noise that they did together uh there's another song they did together i believe too but yeah uh love me some public enemy too like like I said, the older stuff is what I enjoy more, and maybe it's me romanticizing it, but, uh, uh, like, my, I enjoyed Tupac, but I never got so deep into it that I, like, went, like, off the deep end, but, like, I was so intrigued by some of the beats for Tupac that I got into the bands that he was, like, utilizing samples of, so, Mm. like, Zap and Roger would be, like, one of the big ones, so I got, like, super into that, and that's, like, late 80s, like, funk dance music, and it's, like, So, I, I, like, from rap, I actually, like, started leaning into other things, you know, quite a bit, which is kind of fun to, that's kind of, like, how my brain works, though. I'll, like, enjoy something, and I'll collect some information on it, and I'll be like, this part's interesting. Let's go over here and see what's going on over here. And then you kind of, like, 
start watching something else, you know, or whatever. So like, I don't know. I think about that like that. You just go down like it's almost like a Wikipedia rabbit hole, mm. but of like just things you're interested in, like music or TV shows or actors or whatever. And, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, you know, you talk about uh, Tupac, like Dr. Dre produced for him and like that guy, people don't know this. Like he would like sit down, like, like, you know, like rock bands, like a lot of guys like, you know, that you probably like and listen to and talk about, like it's, and that's like kind of the beautiful thing about everything is like, especially hip hop. Like you find so many people who do so many different things, mm-hmm. like the Wu-Tang Clan, like RZA, like he, like he's like literally directing movies and shit. Like he, like he did the beats and he would rap. Like there's so many, like I meet so many people that come through here that like are just multi-talented doing crazy shit. There's this guy. Um, I really want to get him on. His name's young honey. He does like every single facet of everything he does. He does the, he does the beats. He records himself, writes it, does the artwork, self promotion, like literally every single aspect. That's all crazy. Him. It's insane. Like, and I mean, that's just a testament to technology too. what we can do. True. Yeah. I mean, to an extent, I do most of that stuff for Audible Farm. The one thing I left out of my hands was the artwork, but yeah, I mean, the sad thing, if anybody that follows the Audible Farm podcast knows uh, our graphic designer passed away recently, so that's... Oh, really? Yeah, that's, that was last week. I did a, well, I don't know, whenever you have this out. But like, oh, that's what it yeah, was? Yeah, that was the replay of that, so... Yeah, oh, I'm sorry to hear yeah, that, Yeah, it's a sad deal, but it's just the way it goes, so... Uh, I don't know. I might just like leave the graphics as they are and never ever change them again. I don't know. Damn. It's a uh, tough. It's gonna be tough to have anybody outdo him. He was he was great. So yeah. I, wow. I used to, Rest I, in peace. Yeah, I used That's to it. recommend him out to people, but you know, it's sad deal. It's <laughs> the way she goes. Uh, I have to like bring this to a crashing halt. You know, psychologically and bring everyone yeah. downer. But damn. Yeah. Well, um, on that note, this is in the cast. No, I'm just <laughs> just we, we are done. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know that's sourdough. Uh, uh, that's, that's good. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, that's that, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I am. I think I'm looking to like do some more. Uh, I'm talking to an artist right now about doing some, um, maybe some art for the show. I don't know. Like, I, I like the logo. People like the logo enough, but like, I did just pay like some kid twenty bucks to do it on fiber yeah so i feel like i I almost want to like put like money into something value like a piece of art that's value valuable you know i mean like sure i could probably draw something but like i think you know like collaborating with people it's important yeah i mean i mean that's some of what it was for me was collaborating i also like knew this kid my entire life so like he was always he was the kind of guy that would like you got half an hour to do this math test and he'd do like six of the 20 problems and the rest would just be like doodles like race cars and stuff and it's like that's just like who he was his entire life and now he's a graphic designer and it's just like well, obviously you know so uh he like hand drew all my stuff for me um i, I guess i'm wearing the hoodie it's on the back but like i have yeah. like it's a pig that's like part of my logo for mm-hmm. audible farm and that's recognized by everyone you know that's yeah. like the thing you know and so like i still gotta tell you your stickers man yeah i mean that's the thing is that finding <laughs> something like that to throw on your logo that everybody knows exactly mm-hmm. what it is or whatever like i stole that logo and made an audible farm shirt out of this logo you know so uh, afp instead of nwo for anybody that's a pro wrestling fan but like that's where i got the idea for this was like an old pro wrestling t-shirt but he like hand drew this instead mm-hmm. of like just copying yeah the, the text off of like the font off the internet because he's like this will be more custom. It's hand drawn, et cetera, wow. you know? So that's cool. Yeah. He was, he was Damn. really into that kind of work. So it's going to be tough to find somebody that's going to be willing to to do that. Yeah. 
Because, like, that pig, I don't know, you, you drew that by hand before you, like, digitized it and stuff. So, so, I wanted to ask you, I don't know if I asked you about this last time, but, like, what was, like, the inspiration for the pig? Was that just random? Was that his idea? Like, um, so... Or, like, like the whole farm, like, everything. Like, is there some <coughs> story behind that? Uh, I was a big fan of the book Auto, uh, Animal Farm growing oh, up. So, like... hell yeah. It leans into that a little bit. Um, I don't really know... Like, I was initially just recording bands, playing live, and then with their permission, putting their set online. Mm-hmm. So I would do that at places. And then eventually I was just like, I need to start a podcast. But before all that, I was just like, I need a logo for this thing, even if I'm never going to make it, like merch for it. It'd just be kind of fun. So I was like, mm-hmm. uh, it's called Audible Farm because, like, um, I'm, I don't know. I, I, there's some parallels, but there's not enough parallels to really be like it parallels it a lot, but I just really <laughs> like the book, I guess. Uh, um, maybe I'm the pig and I'm taking over. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I don't know. So, but yeah, you're just, fed. Oh yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's generally where it came from, I guess, is the, that part of the book. But it was, I was literally just like farming up everyone else's like content and putting it some in like one location. So like, uh, mm. you know, taking their audio and video and putting it there. And then I was like, it's not a bad place to, you know, make a podcast and call it the same thing. Cause it's just audio based <laughs> for the most part. So I wanted to talk to people, boom, start a podcast. There wasn't pretty much anyone else doing it at the time. I found people doing radio shows about it. And so I kind of like interacted with them about like what they do and how they did it, et cetera. So I just never want to be tied down by the FCC. And I, I don't, I'm not, I do know how to do a podcast. I know how to record things and do things, but I'm not, I don't like if you put me at a, like a computer and a big mixer, like in a radio station, like I'm not going to know what half the stuff yeah. is. So I don't want to go learn it. So I'm, I'm not worried about it. And so I'm not going to work for a radio station and I'm not, I don't want to edit things down so much that it has to go on. Like, I don't want to put that much time in it, I guess, unless yeah. it's really going to be a payout to it. But to be on the radio is tough. You know, you'd have to edit out, you know, profanity and keep it within their frame of what they want to discuss on their radio station. You probably have to di- put disclaimers on it. You probably have to have people start signing contracts. Then you got to go find people to sponsor you because you have to pay the radio for radio time. Like, that's how that's going to initially work, usually. You have to be like, do you have an hour on a Sunday at night, you know, like 11 o'clock that I can buy from you. Mm -hmm. And so I can put this pot, you know, if they, yeah, I don't know. So I'm not going to like make a show and put it anywhere, but I kind of interacted with them to figure out how, what would be a nice way to do this. And then I just took everyone else's formula where it's like copy Joe Rogan and go, (laughs) you know? So, and I mean, (laughs) what's the beauty podcast? You know, you don't, you don't need the radio station. I mean, I mean, there obviously there's benefits, but I think over time that's going to decrease. You know, yeah. things are just becoming more independent. We're able to do what we do and, you know, have plenty, you know, recognizable. You know, we're, I'm, I'm you know, we're both small comparatively to Joe Rogan, but we're getting there, you know, we're, we're working. What's the statistic? I think it's, um, only like 1% of podcasts make it past 20 episodes. Yeah. And then like the top 20% of that is like, they're doing it you know weekly like consistently mm-hmm. like it's such a like they say there's a million podcasts but like the actual amount of podcasts that are actually doing things is so tiny yeah i i can't remember the original stat i heard was like every if if you count every podcast that was made in america like throughout the course of all time every person in america right now like one out of every four would have a podcast but that includes like all the defunct podcasts and all the, like the ones that put out like three episodes a year or whatever you know yeah so, 
all that stuff it included that too so you got to think about that but like yeah that's the unfortunate thing about it's like any jackass can have a laptop in their bedroom or their basement and do podcasts like me (laughs) <laughs> like me man i've been a jackass on the internet for about three or four years now just. well yeah but i mean you have a hundred yeah coming up 174 episodes to back you up yeah yeah, yeah. i mean you cleared 100 i feel like 100 is the big hurdle exactly i've been saying that forever like i feel like like when you get three digits that's when you have some balls as a producer or, or a podcaster I should say you know? yeah i mean I like to think about this regardless too. Like imagine I'm just throwing this out as like random stats. You do an episode a week. That's uh, an hour long every week. You know, mm-hmm. so that's like what 50 hours and you, it's you and a guest. So you're probably talking half the time. So there's 25 hours, like a one full day of you talking on the internet, like every year going out there. So like when you cleared a hundred episodes, that's 50 hours. That's, that's yeah. two days of you talking now on the internet. So that's, and it's pretty wild to think about like those kind of stats and it's mm-hmm. also weird to think like freaking people are listening to this like you know like it's it's wild because i'm i'm sure you've gotten you've every time you i feel like every time you do an episode new people listen and then new people keep listening you know so you mm-hmm. end up with that even if it's a small number every single time so you end up with this weird like slowly growing community of people that know what you're doing and kind of want to get involved and it's you just have to keep going. You have to keep going. And 100, I feel like, is just such a big number for so many people. Um, I didn't do anything fun for 100, though. Like, I, <laughs> I didn't throw a party. I didn't. I wasn't, like, happy at 100th episode or nothing. It was just regular episode. Yeah. So. You know, that's not a bad thing, man. Like, th- this 100 went pretty well. <laughs> the 100 did go well, but you see our overhead is broken. That broke about an hour before mm-hmm. we were supposed to start. Mm-hmm um every every milestone i feel like like 25 50 70 like those were like i feel like uh, just like for technical difficulties or whatever like coming up to those episodes they just i it's like you know a moment like 25 70 you know Mm -hmm. and it's just it's like it it, it, like it disappoints you so yeah i I feel that like eventually you just get to the point where it's just like you know it's just a number you know it's just an episode so I got now I like I don't want to grill you about stuff, <laughs> but like Go for it. so I'm no book. I think about like when I do the podcast, every episode I get better and better at interviewing people, talking to people, staying on task, leading into the next conversation and, and things like that. And I get worse. <laughs> <laughs> but but you've been getting worse. What's the deal with that? No, I uh I like to think about like um some some weeks I don't have the passion to do podcast episodes. Yeah. as much as others or like certain guests might not pique my interest as much as others yeah I, st- I still always find a way to pull it out i still find a way to like be as professional as possible but like does that ever happen to you and what's your thought process on that like this is nothing more than a runaway hobby why do i have to like treat this like a freaking business you know because that's mm. kind of where my brain goes every now and then and it almost like turns me into like burnout mode where i'm just like I don't really know if I want to keep doing this because I've been doing it for so long. I like make almost no money doing it. Like I do sell t-shirts and things like that, but it, yeah, the, the cost you probably of, make more money than I do. Honestly. But the cost of driving everywhere plus my time of doing all this stuff and then sacrificing, you know, I could be doing literally anything else, et cetera. You know, free times priceless. I'm not making any money doing this. You know, <laughs> so it is more or less nothing more than like a charity case for everybody, but it is. I don't know. Do you ever go through any of those emotions or feelings while you're like yes. trying to schedule this out and do this? Yes. I've always said like I feel like a crazy person doing this. Like I feel I feel like you 
what? Like, I, I mean, because you kind of like travel. I mean, well, because you don't have like guests over your place like every not, weekend. Not often. Like, uh, that's pretty much been. Like, I think you have to be a crazy person to do that. To have complete strangers in your house every weekend. Yeah. Like, different. Like, Molly is a. I, I grill her on the show and everything and in real life, but she's great. Mm-hmm. She's a. You know, her like running everything is like a big key that you know but and also like an emotional like thing like i i I don't think i could just like i mean obviously we're doing this right now but Mm -hmm. like like having her there is really important um but yeah i mean i i guess ultimately it's the grind yeah like i just i just i think about like all the content that i listen to and all the content that i watch and like i feel like if you want to really do the podcasting thing you have to put on episode every week yeah like like not that people that don't do that aren't legitimate podcasts but if you want to get to that point that those big podcasts like you know two bears one cave confused breakfast you know like if you want to get to that point you have to do an episode once a week yeah i mean i feel like that's the one thing that's been like my saving grace i've only ever missed one week ever and that was the week i was sick yeah, I mean I, that means something, man. It, I had know? a lot of people message me and tell me how we like, not like mad at me, but how upset they were <laughs> that they didn't have an episode to listen to. And I was like, I was just like, dude, I'm sorry, I don't even have the energy to sit at a computer and like throw together a replay. Like I've just, yeah, I just can't. Like, sorry, like just go find an old episode. Like, I think that was my post too. Like, go through the back catalog and find something <laughs> that you, that you skipped. You know, yeah. like. Sorry. Go listen to Macau Strout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but I mean, there's not like yeah, like you said earlier in the episode, there's not many people out there doing what we're doing, especially no. not on like the consistency that we're doing. No, I feel like you know, not talking shade or anything, but the a lot of the people I know, other people who do podcasts, that's where they struggle is consistency. Yeah, and it's just and like I'm not even shitting on them. Like it's like you said, like having that like drive to do every week, like. Yeah, I can imagine for a lot of people, it just seems like crazy. Like, you know, when we talk, like, when we talk about, like, hey, like, you know, you need you need to hit three digits before, like, you have some balls. Like, to some people that, like, what? Yeah. A hundred episodes? Two years? Even even if you're doing minute-long episodes, that's a hundred minutes of talking. Yeah. Some people can't do that. That's true. That's <laughs> I have true. them on my podcast. They can't do it then. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, comes back, I mean, that's the other worst thing about it, too, is just, like, some people, you just want to shake the answers out of them and get them to talk more and other people i feel like they feel like they're in being intrusive by talking too much and it's like no you're the guest like yeah yeah exactly you know? and i love it when people do talk too much because they're just like i'm sorry i'm like that made my job easy you know <laughs> you go back to edit it and it's just like oh my line has like no bumps in the audio because i barely talked you know that's that's a good episode yeah i won't again i won't name names but i did have like one episode where i felt bad really time where i had two guests um and one was just like soaking up all the fucking conversation it was great like i was enjoying myself but i felt really bad for his guest because i would like try to talk to him and like and just like you know go off and yeah was so yeah sometimes it can be it's a balancing act yeah it really is uh yeah i've definitely found that too like one-on-one interviews a million times easier than group interviews at least for like to the aspect where like you can control it a little bit better yeah uh, the more people you add the more it's just kind of like one person says a comment and then everyone's just chirping and then it's just like busy audio it sounds like mm. you know like the background noise of people talking at a mall in a movie you know it's just like ah, yeah nah, nah, that's you know, true. everybody's just so like i try to 
I don't really like enjoy that too much, especially like list like for me listening to podcasts. I don't enjoy that. More people, mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan. Like uh, Howard Stern would be a good example. There's like nine people that have microphones on that show, and I don't know who's saying what half the time. So I just Damn. was not my thing, you know. Like, yeah, H3 has that problem too. Yeah, I mean, we I, I will say like for this show, we are trying to get to that point, but like I I would want to exceed more than like. I think five people would be like a lot. Like, I don't know if I can handle five people. Yeah. I interviewed but, a five person band once. It was, tough. you did. Yeah. Damn. But it was weird though, too. Cause it, like a lot of, for a lot of it, they all just waited their turn. So I'm sitting in a room <laughs> okay. with people and they're quiet for 40 minutes. It's like, that's, I've, that's weird too though. Yeah. Well, and like, I feel like some people you know, they see the lights and everything. They get kind of intimidated. Like, I feel like the last time I had three people on, they were all really nervous and like, it was really hard to get them to talk. And like it's it's hard enough when you have one person like that, but when you have three people, because then you're like really you're like you're kind of like really grasping for straws. Like oh my mm-hmm. gosh, yeah, okay. like because you like oh gosh, I've, I've asked all my questions and they all gave like you know ten word answers. Like yep. what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think one of my favorite bailouts for a lot of that, like instantly, is always to just like whatever they said relate it to a story and then tell mm-hmm. that story and then yeah draw yeah. draw the parallel for them and then get their response from that you know yeah i'm well and this is like you know what i'm talking about with like you know skills of a podcaster like these are the kind of things you learn mm-hmm. like like I, i'm not trying to say like podcasting the same as like playing guitar being a hip-hop artist but like i do believe it's an art form yeah i do believe it takes skill to like have a conversation and to like direct things in a certain way and not only that like make it a piece of entertainment that people yeah. are going to watch and listen to yeah something that somebody actually wants to listen to you know, and you start to find out what works and what doesn't. Like on my podcast, mm-hmm. I'm a guitarist. I like talking about gear, but as soon as I bring up gear talk, where it's just like, oh yeah, I mean those braided quarter inch coax cable, you know, blah blah. You just start talking about gear, and people are just like, they just tune out because they don't care, or they don't know, mm-hmm. they have no frame of reference, and that's it's understandable, you know. So it's a, uh, it is definitely an art form to to be able to podcast and and do this kind of thing. I mean, like conversing in general is is an art form. Yeah, especially you know. in this day and age where everybody's on a screen, you know. Ugh. Buh. Oh, my gosh. But, you know, that's another thing I've discovered with doing this is, like, I've always thought of myself as a really awkward person. And, like, yeah, I've gotten some more self-confidence, sure, but, like, I meet some people and I'm just, like, I feel, it sounds shitty, but I feel so much better about myself because I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, this person is just, woo! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but also, like, pe- a lot of people forget that just because I have a podcast and I talk for an hour a week, to everybody doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to be a very talkative person. Yeah, you know, I'm, exactly. I'm human just like everyone else. I have bad mm-hmm. days and good days. I'm not always as good at hiding it just like everyone else, you know? So, uh, it's, it's weird when you go into public and you're not having a good day and people are just like, Oh my God, a great podcast this last week. It's just like, Hey, thanks dude. Like, I feel like an anime character. It's just like, ha ha ha, you know, like whatever, you know, sweet. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough to, to put on the airs sometimes that you need to, you know, when this is all said and done. Yeah. It's like people that do like, you know, like if you were, you ever listen to Tim pool, Mm-mm. Tim Castro, he has like, he does a podcast every night, five nights a week. And then he just like two, three hours a night. That's insane. Just, and it's all politics. And like, I, I mean, he, yeah, I was talking about this in my life today, like how these like talking heads, like, you know, they go on these, like, ludicrous points. Like, they were pissed about, like, the m M&M and shoes being different. And, and, like, yeah, it's ridiculous. But, like, I thought about it, and not that I'm saying that I like that or that's good, but, like, it almost kind of makes sense in a way because these 
people are talking for like you know five to 15 hours a week yeah like how like how do you fill that time up yeah. like what do you like i mean sure it's the internet there's plenty of things going on but like how do you talk for that long yeah that's i mean that's the benefit and downfall of 24 hour anything yeah like 24 hour news same deal 24 hour sports same deal i mean like is tom brady gonna do it again this year i don't know you know it's just like oh my gosh i don't want to hear any more of this talk like in the off season there's like an nfl network where they gotta fill up how many hours a day with that bull crap mm. in the off season someone's all ran a four four forty at the you know nfl combine this year yeah you should have seen his bench press statistics last year steve <laughs> you know like i it's just how I that's really good it, yeah, i don't know <laughs> i don't know but yeah I, I get uh yeah sports talk i've never i've never been able to understand how somebody can talk that much it's it you know understand i've understood that less than like podcasts it's like how can people talk that long for about that i don't know that's I, just me I, i'm a big pro wrestling fan so my opinion is definitely you know probably null and void when it comes down to that because it's just like i watch people fake fight in their underwear sometimes so whatever you know? yeah <laughs> peter we're at the two hour mark man oh geez i didn't i didn't even look at my watch that's crazy yeah. <laughs> we're, just, we're just crushing it over here yeah i know i know you got driving all that uh is there anything that you want to talk or want to discuss or bring up before you wrap this up uh three finger betty's got a big show coming up go to three finger betty at three finger betty pretty much anywhere on social media that's where that stuff's at um check out jesse wilson uh jesse wilson music that's pretty much what all of his social media is uh check out audible farm go to the shop Buy the buy the stuff. I've got some stuff. So yeah. Otherwise, uh, yeah. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. This is a fun time. Uh, basically, if you have like any free time ever throughout the week, just go see Peter doing something. Because <laughs> I mean, that's how that's how often he's fucking out. Jesus, man. Yeah, I'm uh, out there. <laughs> yeah, fucking impressive, man. I love everything you're doing. Thanks. It's awesome. Thank Keep you very much. Appreciate Peter, it. It's been a good one. Good to see you. All right. Peace out, everybody. We'll see you in the land. Have a good one.